What's up, everybody out there in internet land? Manny Marshall, welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. And uh, man, PSP Chicago is rapidly approaching June 20 through the 22nd. Best teams in the world are going to be thrown down. Uh, go to paintballaccess.com, which is where you're already at currently, most likely, uh, to check out all the action. And you know, man, it, this is a really big opportunity for the sport right now, man. If, every, if everyone that is currently, you know, has watched the show in the past brings a friend, Paintball changes forever, so that's no joke. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to have the two guys sitting in the studio today with us. It is uh, the legendary Marcelo Margot from the Los Angeles Ironman. What uh, up, guys? What up, Marcelo? Oh, How you doing? Pretty good, Maddie. How are you? I'm doing Nate fabulous. Nate already trying to interrupt oh, over wow, here. Wow. Just, <laughs> he just, just read off the break. He just wants to interrupt. got that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you haven't been around long enough to know. I guess not. <laughs> well, you got a good story, Marcelo, and you, you know, kind of getting up to earn that status. So, and uh, also in the studio with us, it's uh, Nate, Nate Schroeder, Schrader, 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 there you go. Schrader, yeah. okay, He wishes cool. it was Schroeder. Well, I, that would, actually, if your name was Nate Schroeder, that would be. You'd be pretty cool, but then you would have to actually shred, and that doesn't happen. Ever, so. uh, I mean, you I know. think I think Phil Schroeder has the Shredder last name on. He does. He does have it on lock. Oh yeah, Philly, Philly shreds. <laughs> Philly shreds. He is shredded. Well, uh, yeah. So we got Nate here. Nate's a upcoming talent and got an interesting story in and of himself. And I'm kind of excited for this one, boys, because uh, you know you guys are buddies and used to playing the same team, and I'm kind of expecting a lively podcast here. Used to. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a good one, though, and Nate's one of my good friends. Happy that he came out, happy for everything he does, but, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot between us, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff to go on. Well, before we kind of get into, Nate, your history, Marcelo, your travels, adventures you've been on, uh, how the Ironmen are looking, let's talk about the upcoming event. Uh, you know, Chicago is historically the second hardest event to win after World Cup. It, everyone's had uh, you know, the half of a season to get all of their stuff together, get everyone working on the same page, you know, get any new pickups worked in, into the roster, and get things set to play your best. And so that's why Chicago is typically where we start to see um, the teams as they all, in their mind's eye, played it out in their heads in the offseason, really start to coalesce and, and really kind of come together, which is why Chicago is such a fun event to watch if you're a fan. So. Nate, let's start with you, actually. You're on Omaha Vicious now, coming from the Los Angeles Ironman. Uh, you played with Vicious at the last event, and you did pretty well. Uh, I'm sorry, you played with them for, yeah, at the last yeah. event, but uh, but that field didn't really suit your talents very much. And like we kind of talked about in the breakdown, if you haven't seen the breakdown, check it out, because there's you know plays you can run in, uh, in practice if you're lucky to get any practice time. Well, you know, depending on... Real quick, there was a penalty box on that field, so to fit Nate's talents, I'm pretty sure the field was very fitting. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> major Nate. Did over you? Here. Oh, you, right, you did. Sorry, I got one major. One major. Hey, I can't talk much. I've had a few penalties this year too, yes. so so I, I'm not in position to talk. Which but, is uh, kind of rare for you. <clears> it is. It is. You know, penalties. Uh, I have now learned they could happen to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Well, and let's talk about that real quick. So, what, is there a methodology behind not getting penalties other than don't play on? I mean, is there? How, well, how do you go? Because you know, a lot of there, it's it's an obvious fact. I mean, some players just get more penalties than others, and it's mm -hmm. not necessarily because they're blatant cheaters. They just get more penalties. But you, for a while, I mean, you you were always doing really well in the overall play ranking. One, because you're good, you put up solid numbers, but also you very rarely get penalties, which kills your stats. Um, and that actually screwed you over at World Cup last year. It did. Uh, to be completely honest, Maddie, I think uh, Billy Wing said it to me a long time ago, and it was uh, <clears throat> you're playing two teams out there. You're playing 
whoever you're playing against and you're also playing the refs. And it's very true. And you have to understand that these refs, just like in any sport, they're people, just like you and I. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just feel like it's a certain level, level of respect um, that you should show them, mm -hmm. you know, that absolutely, you know, they give you the benefit of the doubt, more or less. I'm not saying they're, they're being unfair or unbiased, but it's, you know, uh, one of those things that, some people I see will get a penalty for a packet, and you know, a lot of times for me, if I get hit, the ref can tell that I didn't actually know that I got hit, and it's not intentional playing on, and he just pulls me out right away, which is the way I think that paintball should be played. You know, as far as refs, if they're on their job, you know, which is a very tough job, but if they see the hit right away, and in their mind, it's not intentional playing on, you just pull the player off the field. You know, mm -hmm. a penalty doesn't necessarily need to be need to be served, um, and I think that's really all it is. I do think it's like a level of respect that you uh, you give to those guys because they're out there all day busting their butts, you know, and it's a tough job. And often people, players will just walk on, you know, they crawl on their gun, they just walk right by the guy like he's nobody. And like I always make an effort to say, you know, thank you and this and that, go see how their day's doing because they have it tougher than any of us. They're out in that heat all day long. Or the weather or the, or the, yeah, or the rain exactly, or the right, or whatever's right. happening. And, and it sucks. And to be honest, they really do it because they love the sport of paintball. It's not like they get paid that well, you know. Um, they're getting to travel with their buddies and do cool stuff, but yeah, I mean they get paid, really... but they're not making tons of money. Well, doing exactly, this. yeah, it, it's not. It's not. On the, yes, they get some strilla, but it's passion. Of course, passion yeah, is what yeah, brings yeah. Them of there. course, passion. And so, um, yeah, like I said, those words that Billy uh, said to me a long time ago when I first played on the Ironman, you're playing two teams out there. It's absolutely right. Like you know, there's the refs that you gotta. Well, to give that respect to. Well, what, I mean, that's definitely very good advice, uh, just in life in general too. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, you know, be disrespectful and be a douche for no reason. Agreed. That's kind of like rule number one in life is don't be a douche. But uh, but also, is there any sort of, you know, because I really, I, I fully, I fully believe that it's body knowledge. You know, like understanding. Um, okay, I just took a stream, and sometimes you just it doesn't click because you're in your mind. You're and maybe this is a factor. You know, you've been doing this. At, I mean, you're young, but you've been doing this at a high level for a long time. Do you think it's a, a thing of that the game slows down and you're more calm, focused, and collected in those points so that you have the ability, you're not so like like ramped up that you don't have the ability to, to, to sense your body when you do take streams? I do for sure. I mean, that goes back to what you said of just like simply not playing on. Uh, that's the most simple way to put it. You know, I feel like I feel, like I feel most of the hits. There's two that, there's two that you rarely feel. And uh, one, actually, I'll say one, and it's the tip of your loader. That is the one hit that, I, like, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. You don't hear it. You don't see it spray off. And uh, there's really not much you could do about that one. I just know from personal experience, because I never play on If I get hit or I think I'm hit, I ask for a check. You know, I don't try to even ride that gray area. Uh, there's, no, there's, no, there's no reason to. Some I mean, I won't say I never have. I definitely have. And yeah. There's times where it's like your back's against the wall and you kind of, you've got to do something to win. Sure enough, like, you ride that gray area, sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, 95% of the time, I'm not going to do that because I understand the consequence is not worth me being alive just at one point. It's just not. So uh, I've always been very, very conscious of, you know, whether I'm taking hits or paints coming in or off the break. You know, it's like, hey, run in and check me just, just, to, just to make sure that my pack's not hit. As far as pack hits, I feel like you feel those most of the time. To be completely honest, at least me as a player, I almost always know when I'm hitting the pack. So I think penalty hits on the pack... Because some things. guys will say that they'll say, "Oh, they'll it's all say my pack. It's a pack, I was running out in the corner and I, I dove in and I didn't feel it." Yeah, you know, you know? and and I sometimes, like I said, and, sometimes you know, you got that outer layer of pods yeah. and it just kind of sprays off. Sure, but 
Sure enough, the loader hits, and that's that's what mine have been on. I've, I've had, since World Cup, my only penalties have been on the tip of my loader, and there's one on the bottom of my tank, which I got to be completely honest, I semi-knew it was there, and then when I kind of checked for it, I didn't see any. I didn't really see anything, and was like, maybe it's not there, but I'm not going to keep looking, you know, and I came back down to yeah. shoot, and sure enough, the ref, like, saw the whole thing go down, yeah. and instead of him just saying, get out, you know, he's waiting for me to cheat. But and he saw you look it, at exactly, it, and right? didn't see enough, right, and right, in his mind, right, right, he's like, right. oh, Marcel looked right at that Right, hit, right, so. and fair enough, you know, and so I didn't even argue with him, I was like, ah. I think I actually just posted a picture on my Instagram about uh, I saw that, the yeah. face, the, the look you get when you get a hit on the bottom of your tank, so yeah. I remember, because I did look, and I, like, I didn't really see it, but... I knew I got hit somewhere, and I remember knowing that, and I looked, and I'm like, oh, I'm good, I keep playing, and, you know, so it's tough, I don't know, it's really tough. Speaking of Instagram, I, uh, not to just uh, pat you on the back, because you're my homie and you're here, but you are taking some pretty badass pictures on Instagram these days. <laughs> right on, What's your Thanks, favorite buddy. filter? Favorite filter? Oh, dude, it's it's a mix. Your favorite filter right. is the no filter. No, I mix them all together. Uh, yeah, you mix them together. You know, you, you do a few apps. So it's you, like uh, a it's like a filter souffle, essentially. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> exactly, filter souffle. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, let's see which one. I, I used to like the the X Pro one a lot, but actually I use a different app. It's like Camera Plus, and you do the uh, the HDR effects, and it's like it's kind of cool, but. You barely want to do any. I feel like if you get too far into it, it takes away from like what's actually going on. And there's Dude, some places bro, that are on. really yeah, you're sick. Like heavily, yeah. Your pictures look sick, but they're heavily filtered. No, dude, no. I'm, no, no, no. There's yeah. some, okay, there's some that are heav heavily fil filtered, and then there's a lot that are really sick that actually aren't. Dead no, serious. No, I, I'm serious. I'll, maybe I'll have to go I'm, check again. Let's go check, dude. Let's go check. I mean, I've, I've got, we go, we go a month. Where you don't use a single filter, dude, I'll lose all my followers. Exactly. I can't do that. What do you, what do you <laughs> mean, man? Exactly. I will lose all my. You said use a single filter. I mean, come on, I'm using. Wait, some you filter. want him to use one single filter? No, 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 or no, no, no. Not none, to use none at all. Hey, uh, so Instagram guys, if you guys do not unfollow me during this next month, maybe I'll do a, a cool giveaway. <laughs> like something sweet. No, you know, we don't. We're not gonna get like a no filter June or something like that. No filter June. It would that be no filter November, Maddie? There you go. Um, but like, uh, okay. hey, we should like start that on Instagram. No filter November. See, Ooh. see how many girls lose their followers. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's be real. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, no, seriously though, thank you, Maddie, for for the compliment. I um. Well, it's a slice of life because, like, you know, when you're traveling, one of the reasons I like kind of, you know, on your adventure, because I spent a lot of years traveling and still travel a lot, too, um, you know, but it's, it's one of those things that, like, uh, I just enjoy kind of living vicariously through your adventures as you're kind of traveling the world. Uh, where where, you, where have you been kind of the last couple places? Uh, I was just in Colombia, and then uh, a few weekends before that, I was in Germany. Um, actually had a weekend off because the APL got canceled, so I was, I was stoked to be home that weekend. I was supposed to be in Chicago that weekend, uh, but it was nice to stay home in San Diego and just kind of hang out, you know, work out, exercise, go to the beach, stuff like that. But um, yeah, most recently I was in Colombia. Crazy place. Yeah, how's I've never been to Colombia. What's Colombia like? You know what, dude? I love it, and I think uh, the more that I travel to these these kind of third world countries, in Colombia, it's like. Hard to call on that because they're really doing a lot to uh, try to improve on on their economy, their their country. They want it to be a safer place, you know. And it's a very beautiful place. Like organically, it's it's extremely beautiful. It's uh, you know, you can you can drive 15 minutes up into the hills and it's just nothing but beautiful trees. It's very green, like jungle-like. It's really cool. Um, and I think the more that I've traveled to these kinds of places, it first started in 2008 or 2009. I went to 
Australia actually, and I stayed out in in this trailer park, like out in the middle of nowhere. That was a trailer park a tra- in Colombia. No, 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 no. This was in Australia. Australia. Oh, yeah, okay, in like okay. 2008, 2009. Um, you know, and I was young, so I was just going with the flow. I was stoked that these guys were bringing me out there, and we end up staying in this bodunk trailer park, and I'm just like miserable, right? Just uh-huh. so out of my element. Just so like. There's bugs in the room. I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm a kid from San Diego. There's bugs in my room. I gotta go to sleep oh, at night and like worry about imagine. all this stuff. I mean, it was it you was were probably losing your. Marbles. I was losing my you marbles. Like, you not like bugs or? I, you know, I mean, now I'm just so desensitized. If the place to it doesn't like so doesn't like. It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So fair enough. Yes, you know, I do like I do like to be you know treated well. We like to be pampered every now and then. But I will say that my travels have absolutely 100 percent. Desensitize, desensitize me to that and uh, like this last Colombian trip I went with um, A-Rod, Mouse, Danny, Barra and uh, and Al yeah from the Ironman so it was all five of us and uh, you know they were it was kind of their first time out of their comfort zone and like that in, in a place that's known for danger you know it's known for you know you, you gotta watch yourself you can't go out and act like an idiot. Do they tell you that? Do your like host players and yes, promoters well, tell you that when you show up or like kind of they hey here's a deal like they don't have, wander off any down the, like if you get hammered and wander off a dark alley i can't assure your safety 100 percent. really yeah. they do uh that. the first time i went to columbia last year uh actually when i was or not last year it was oh no it was last year yeah it was last year uh i played with the dynasty guys mm-hmm. um we got picked up in a bulletproof car <laughs> had no a way. driver the whole time they wouldn't let us leave wouldn't let us take taxis i think they were a little overprotective, you know, just because we we're down there and they really didn't want anything to happen. Because I don't think, especially after my second time going down there, I don't think it's that dangerous of a place anymore. I think they've really cleaned up a lot of the stuff, um, which is awesome because, like I said, it's such a beautiful country. And, uh, you know, they definitely tell you, like, this last time we go down there, and they're like, hey, guys, don't wander off. Don't leave the site. Don't walk down the street. And I'm just like, at this time, like I was, I was saying about my Australian trip, the first time that I went and experienced that, I was just so out of my element, so out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But each time since then, I've started to like that more and more and more. And this time, like, you know, like I said, my teammates they were kind of super uncomfortable, and I was like, guys, let's go, like, let's go walk down the street, let's go eat this, you know, crazy little fruit ice cream cone thing from this random, you know, store on the side. Like, dude, you're gonna get sick, you're gonna get that, blah blah. blah. So what if we get sick? You know, like it's living. Just that's living, I guess, right? Um, Have you ever got Montezuma's revenge on any of your travels? What is that? Montezuma's revenge. Montezuma's that's when, revenge. Uh, <laughs> when uh, your guts decide to liquefy, <laughs> yes, and more oh lava falls okay. out of your and falls out of so, your ears, uh, like kind of like a rocket. So I first had it in uh, in Hong Kong, actually, and uh, mm. when I traveled over there, I knew, hey, don't drink the water, be very safe with what you what you eat, kind of stuff like that. Mm totally fine i uh went out to a nice dinner thought everything was fine and the next morning i was miserable literally just throwing up out of both ends you know it was was awful uh spent a whole day feeling sick didn't really know what it was from just knew it was like god i had to have eaten something bad um and then toilet situation and then uh yeah was it like uh, it was yeah we were in hong kong you know they're pretty they're pretty modern up were you doing the like vomit diarrhea 180 Okay, yeah, and see what happens when you're doing that. No, it's no, like, like, like it's so hard because you you want to you want to uh, you know do one first, but obviously you can't diarrhea first and then turn around and throw up right into it because that's awful. So it's like so tough to try to throw up first without diarrhea, like you know, <laughs> just to be just to be real with everybody, <laughs> just to be real with everybody out there. Like it's a miserable feeling. So you have to like you know you got to pucker up and hold in and 
grow up and then you immediately turn around and let it out the so other it's like end. kind of an <laughs> anus squeeze with like a, a, a purging from the from the guts exactly and then, and then turning exactly. around and then like reversing the uh, order exactly and then like put death somewhere in between and like mm. and that's what you got and then so you hop in the shower after that you know you, you go from sweating and dripping sweat to like the chills and yeah. you're in the shower just trying to relax it's miserable and then the next time that happened was actually just in february uh i was in south africa and uh the first night we go out and uh, they they want to take us to this game restaurant, you know, where they have like crocodile, zebra, oh, I was gonna say like wild game, wild game, exactly, all sorts of stuff. And so I'm excited. I'm like, okay, man, I'll, I'll try everything. You know, I'm I'm down to try all this. This is a really nice place. You know, I could tell that it was a uh, it was a it, a very nice place that a lot of people go to and probably not gonna get sick at. Like, yeah. that's how I judge it, right? Yeah. So still, I'm like bottled water. You know, nothing like that. Yeah. So, Hedging uh, your bet. Exactly. So, you know, I had some zebra, I had wildebeest, and I had crocodiles. Surprisingly, surprisingly enough, the crocodile was my favorite. Yeah, I've had it's crocodile. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like chicken with like a little bit of a fish mix, I guess. I don't know. I, it was, well, it was but, good. Hold on. Was the crocodile fried? Because the crocodile I've had was fried. Fried? And I, and I, oh, wow. Well, no, like like as in like breaded and fried like a yeah, chicken Yeah, finger, yeah, yeah. Which it, it made it, it was delicious, but I feel like you could kind of deep fry crickets and they'd be delicious You could deep too. fry anything. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, no, no. This was straight crocodile. Yeah, exactly. Wow. They came down with these like huge kebab things. And they had all sorts of stuff, lamb, zebra on each one. Like, it was, like it was a Brazilian a, steakhouse type thing? Exactly. And it was like an all-you-can-eat kind of thing. So you pay a set price, and they just come around the table over and over and like, do you want this? Do you want that? So I'm trying everything. Like, damn, this is great. So right? wait, was it an act of, because that's Brazilian style the way they do it, but was it a Brazilian style restaurant in South Africa with no, 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 game? no, 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 no. This was just a straight South African style South African place and you know that's that's all it was it's just they they did do that kind of Brazilian style where it was you know buffet all you can eat kind of thing so, yeah um so yeah so uh they're coming around asking us you know if we want to try this try that and obviously I'm indulging in everything why not yeah you're, and, so you're just doing all of it so wait so let me get wildebeest crocodile zebra, zebra. yeah uh, the other stuff was... No was, white rhino? No white rhino. I would have tried that. <laughs> I would have tried it. I think they're, no? I think they're endangered. You know, no <laughs> yeah. Endangered. <laughs> it's okay. I would eat it. <laughs> unicorn? I don't think they had that either. No unicorn? But a, no unicorn. No out, unicorn. Dude, <laughs> I was like, dude, we got to go. We got to go. <laughs> um, so, you know, then the jerk who got me sick comes around. <laughs> and I, it's funny. I didn't put this together until the next day. So, um... And this guy comes around and he's like, oh, we got this South African drink. It's like a, a certain kind of rum that they make. You know, you got to try it. I'm like, sure, I'll try it. It sounds great. So yeah. he loads it up. I, I drink the drink. It's really strong. It's like, uh, you know, 150 proof, strong stuff. Fire just water. Like, exa- Straight fire, fire water. water. Exactly. Speaking of fire water, that is the uh, Colombian national drink is fire water. It's called Agua Diente. No way. <laughs> which every time I get down to Colombia, I say agua diente to them and they freak out that I know what it is and they just start pouring it down your throat. But yeah. uh, okay, so back to South Africa. Um, so the next day, this was way worse than Hong Kong. Uh, really? I am just, I wake up feeling really sick. And the reason it's worse, I think, is because it happens so later in the day. So I wake up feeling like I'm good. And my buddy, Combrance, uh, the South African paintball kid down there, mm-hmm. who I, who I was staying with. His name is Conbrinks. Con, that's his last name. It's what we called him. Okay, Conbrinks, okay. You know. Okay, that makes um, sense. And uh, he uh, he's like, dude, I want to take you into Johannesburg and show you the city and all this stuff, and take you around and show you my university. And I'm like, awesome, man. That sounds great. So like, I'm 
feeling pretty, you know, pretty shitty, but I'm like, obviously I can't pass this opportunity up. I'm going to go. Absolutely so not, yeah. hop in the car. We go down to downtown Johannesburg. I'm filming everything. Oh, please tell me you shit your pants. <laughs> Didn't shit my pants. Very oh, close multiple man. times. I <laughs> <laughs> did not shit my pants though. <laughs> so like we're going through the city, dude, and and uh, it's it's pretty cool, man. But damn, like talk about an eye opener. You took me through some some areas that were one really rough. I mean, you think like you picture like Tijuana or just straight huts that people are building to live in, you know, and uh, you see that kind of stuff. And then you go down to the actual city where they have some nicer development, but even then, it's you know it's still not that nice. And he's he's telling me all these stories about how like you know his buddy two weeks ago was riding a bike over here and. This dude came up, stabbed him in the hand while he was on the bike, took his bike, robbed him, and they beat him up, left him there just for no reason. Wow. You know, and then, like, we're going down another street, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, this uh, old lady right there, um, these dudes just came in the <laughs> like a month ago, killed her, took a few things from her house, and took, like, a VCR and, like, two more, like, nothing serious, and killed her for they it. They still make VCRs down in South Africa? Uh, yeah, I guess so, you know? I mean, this lady was, like, So they 85. killed her for a VCR. So, so this lady... So exactly. So this lady was like Good 85 Lord. years old, and this was a huge news story. I had him confirm it on Google. I actually saw the whole thing. You're like, no. I'm way. like, no way, dude, right? And the only reason that they knew what happened is because the lady had uh, Alzheimer's. She had she had some disease where there were cameras in her house, so they could monitor her. Uh -huh. So it was all on phone, the whole thing. Oh, wow. And I was like, they literally went in there. They didn't have to kill her. They could have just taken her stuff, you know. Yeah. And and he's telling me, he's like, get her rid of her exactly, <laughs> exactly, you know, she's like, just take the VCR yeah. and whatever else you want, just don't exactly. club me with a and, knife. And he's just like, dude, life's cheap down here, you know, and and it, it's it's a wake-up call, well, you know. It's, as somebody that's traveled a lot, because I, I think that that was one of the most, the greatest takeaways from the paintball experience, which has kind of become a reoccurring theme in the narrative of of guys doing it at the level you're doing it right now. And Nate, I kind of want to ask you about this. Um, have you had the chance to get any of that travel in before traveling to and play maybe in Europe or yeah. any of these faraway places? Yeah. And, and also, you know, I think that, you know, like they say, it's the famous saying that it, people that travel read the book, people that don't travel read the book of life, but they read the same page over and over and over again. Before I move on, I do need to finish my how I got sick. Oh, yes. Story. All right, I'm sorry. Yes. We'll, yes. We're hit pause on we that. will hit that, though. So, but yeah, we'll hit pause just on, because, the, on the message piece, and then I want you to finish. Because there's, about there's how a point almost, to all this, and I'm warning everybody, and okay. this is the point. So, like the first time in Hong Kong, you know, I thought I got sick from, I had to have eaten something, mm -hmm. right? So same thing, I'm, I'm feeling crappy. This kid's showing me around. He's being super cool, one, you know, one of my buddies. And uh, he's like, he takes me to the university. We get on the soccer field. I'm like taking pictures, and I'm just starting to feel like death. Like, I really need to throw up, but I'm holding it back. And so I'm like, you know, dude, you, you've shown me enough. Can we maybe go back? And uh, he's like, yeah, dude, I just really want to stop at this bar on the way back, show you this awesome bar, please. Like, I'm like, And normally you'd be like, yes, but now right? you're like, But no, now I'm like, I no, I want to go home, but... I did it anyway. So so on our way there, I'm feeling like the whole time like fighting throwing up, just fighting it. Yeah. We finally get there. I immediately go to the, go to the bathroom and start throwing up again out of both ends. And I'm like, okay, I recognize this feeling. I have some kind of food poisoning, some kind of bug, bacteria. So you're, you're doing the 180 at the bar. The 180 at the bar. So I come back out and I'm trying to be a trooper because he orders. Uh, I guess their special thing there is like this uh, this uh, little beer sampler. It's got like five different beers on it. And it's like two bucks, something crazy cheap, but they're wow. supposed to be like the best beers. So he orders them, and they're there when I get back, and I, I'd been telling him, you know, that I, I wasn't feeling too well. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll try to drink a few. So I drink, like, two or three of them, go back into the bathroom, throw up again. I come back, and I'm like, dude, please take me home. Like, we, I'm sorry. You've Did been, you you've let been him awesome. know the extent of your misery yet, or were you just trying he, to troop it out? 
I was trying to troop it out, but I let him know on our way back that I wasn't feeling well, but yeah. I was totally trying to troop it out. You know, I'm like, dude, this kid's like going Just far out of his man way. Up exactly. Man up. He'd plan this. It, it, got, <laughs> yeah. it got to the point to where I couldn't do anything about it. And I'm like, we got to go home. And uh, so anyway, he takes me home and I'm sitting here thinking and I'm like, it was the ice. The ice in the drink the guy brought me at the bar, the rum. Oh, no. And then I thought back to Hong Kong. I'm like, I was safe with everything I ate. It was the ice. It was the ice in the cocktails. It was the ice, and the ice will get you because so, that's the dirtiest of the water in anywhere you go. Well, I have a good story about this too. I was uh, in Paris with a, a, a girlfriend at the time. I was there for New Year's, and Fabrice, uh, awesome dude, shout out to him if you ever listen to this, but he basically like gave me his apartment for a week. And, um, and you know, in Paris, is, you can pretty much eat whatever there. But we went to this little cafe, and I had water there, and it tasted kind of weird, you know? Like, it was kind of funky, and it had ice in it, too. Maybe that was what got me. And then right after we had this cafe, I went to the Louvre, and I was doing the poop walk at the Louvre oh. pretty much the entire time. I'm like, And I'd been to the Louvre, thank God, I'd already been there before, because it ruined my experience. And I've normally got a pretty good constitution on, like, eating and that sort of stuff. But I'm going to do, it was, like, butt, butt cheeks clenched. Walking around like, oh, Mona Lisa, clench butt cheeks, fine bathroom, just extra. Yeah. And then like, and my girl's like, are, are you, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, totally fine. Sweating, pouring sweat, just feeling terrible, like getting massive like cramps in my stomach. It was like, and it must have, maybe that's it. So there's your travel tip. It is a huge no travel ice. tip. No ice. Bottle ice. water and no ice. Yeah, bottle water, no ice. You know what I'm saying? It's like, ugh. But that being said, so... So okay, so you're you're uh, you're you're in South Africa. What was the paintball like down there? Because I've heard paintball is awesome in South Africa. Uh you know what? I did a clinic. All I was there for were clinics. I, did, I didn't do a tournament. So I've heard also that the tournaments are really good down there. I wasn't there for a tournament. I did three different clinics: two in Johannesburg and uh, one in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the participants, everybody was awesome. All Everybody that attended, if you guys are listening to this, any of, any of you guys, you guys were great. And I told them that over and over. Mm-hmm. It was literally one of the most fun uh, clinics that I've ever done. And I feel like I was able to share some of the most knowledge with those kids. They were just uh, all very eager to listen, all very eager to learn. And uh, I, as far as the talent goes, I think, uh, I think they're pretty good. They have a team down there. They're actually a die team uh, called Dynamix. And one of the kids came out to the clinics and completely surprised me. You know, I was like, wow, this kid's really good. His name's Sparky. Shout out to Sparky if you're listening. Played really good at that clinic in uh, Cape Town. Um, I would, however, like to see them have some safer terrain in Cape Town. It's the only paintball field they had, and it was it was, it was kind of rocky, and, you know, they were all kind of complaining about it, and it would be great to see paintball grow down there, you know, and because there's a lot of talent, there's a lot of players, and a lot of people that would play more, I think, if, mm-hmm. if there are more fields, you know what I mean? How many fields are in South Africa that you know of as far as, I mean, is it is it big, uh, is it not? That I know of, and I'm sure there's more than this, uh, that I know of, though, about three. It's the Blades and Triggers. Um, there, there's actually two Blades and Triggers. I think one of them is in Cape Town, is, is the one we went to. And then one of them is in Johannesburg. And then I forget the name of the other one. Uh, I totally forget the name of it. But there's three that I know of. I'm sure there's more, you know. So where's the next travel adventure going for you? Before uh, we get into because I really want to kind of start picking. And Nate, I want to get yeah. your story in here too. But I really, you know, because to, to me, like, the travel stuff is so fascinating. I mean, there's okay. only, there's not a lot I of I got guys. some good stuff for you. Okay, up. cool. What's coming up? Cool. Then? So uh, obviously we have Chicago coming up. 
And then the weekend after Chicago, I'll be in uh, Canada for the CXPL. Um, I'll be in Canada for the CXPL. And then uh, the weekend after that is the London event. And uh, I booked my ticket. I decided to do kind of a little summer adventure, just trip on my own. Um, and normally I'd fly to the London event from July 2nd to the 7th. But mm -hmm. I extended my flight. I decided to stay from July 2nd till the 17th uh, in and out of London. And I booked a clinic in Holland uh, the weekend after the Millennium event. So if you guys are listening and you're in that area, please come. You know, it'll, it'll be a great time. There's a field that's opening out there um, that we're doing the clinic at. So uh, basically, I'm going to have two full weeks, essentially, to just kind of travel by myself. I don't know where I'm going to go yet, really? who I'm going to stay with. So just kind of like a two-week adventure. Exactly, just, yeah. Just kind of doing whatever. Exactly. But, but kind of anchored around the clinic because that's – because that's one of the things, like, you know, you travel all over, you get to go to these cool cities, and it's one of the most awesome things about the paintball experience, even with, even if it's just in the States. You know, you're going to Chicago, and, you, and yeah, you know, the, the, the paintball life kind of, yeah, the fields that we go to aren't exactly always, you know, it right in the center. It's not like you're playing in the park in the middle of Chicago. But you're going to that that area, and, uh, and, and it's kind of like getting to it. But a lot of times we would intentionally try to come in early or leave a little bit later so that you get to kind of experience that city. Exactly. And so when you go internationally, I mean, dude, it would kind of be a shame to go all the way. It's, you know, if you've been to France a bunch or you've been to Germany a bunch and cool, but, you know, but at the same time, then it's like you want to kind of put yourself in a situation if you're in the situation you're in, which is having the ability to do that. You want to kind of stack some trips around that if possible. See sites you've never seen. Oh, 100%. Go on an adventure, right? 100%. I mean, every, you know, every time I go, I try to at least set one day where I can go and knock as much out as I can, right? So uh, this place, is, it's called Paintball World. It's in, uh, it's in Holland. It's right on the border of Germany. So that's the only thing that I have booked, and it's the weekend after the London event. And other than that, I just pretty much am going to have my, you know, my backpack, my gear bag, and I'm just going to hop on the train, go to a few different places, hopefully hit up some fellow paintball players and ask if they could show me around and Show me a good time, and I want to experience some different stuff. You know, maybe hit Italy for a couple of days because I've never been there. Um, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. That's my plan. That's love my that. Plan. I love that. Love that, man. You gotta you gotta take the adventure when it comes. So, exactly. Speaking of adventure, the Chicago event that's coming up, Ironman have a fascinating story this year. You guys merge with royalty, and you cut your teeth playing for the Ironman. In case people don't understand, you know, know Marcella's story, it's kind of one of those awesome paintball stories. Is you get a kid who Grew up in Southern California, surrounded by pros. You're, you're, you're at the field getting beat up at 12 years old by pro players, and slowly but surely, you worked your way up at a very young age. I think it was 15, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 15, you get on the Ironman, and then all of a sudden, you were kind of one of those, you and Alex Goldman were those young Southern California kind of quintessential phenoms, and happened to be right at the right time. Fate lets you be on a, a superstar stacked team, so you were just surrounded by all these these veterans and these guys that had been there and done that before and then you guys went on to win two world titles then you kind of went on your own you know for a little bit blew your knee out twice had to come back from that and then now you're back with the Ironman helping rebuild this legendary team and then you guys brought in Shane Pastana and all the royalty kids and have kind of you know done okay this year won some games lost some games haven't had to play in a relegation game yet but you're not where you want to be yet do you see the team coalescing into a in, into a form that you think you can start pushing and make that make those Sunday performances or get to the, the, the Sunday opportunities right now at Chicago that's that's kind of like the question kind of out there with the Ironman obviously with the talent level you guys have 
and the ability that is there and the potential that exists, that will happen one day. But do you think it's going to be in Chicago? I really think it could be in Chicago. Uh, you know, in the beginning of the year, like the thing that we said, Shane actually said it, was, you know, by the time we get to World Cup, I want the team from World Cup to be able to whoop the shit out of the team from Dallas. No the way. Iron Man team, that's like right? an exact quote from That's Shane. an exact that's quote. A, that sounds right? like a Shane quote. That is an exact <laughs> quote. So, uh, you know, I think that resonated with us all. And um, though we got pretty much the exact same results in MAO as we did in Dallas, I think the team played a lot better in MAO, uh, especially given that field was not tailored for us, a very aggressive field, you know. And I think we played it very well. I think we gave Dynasty probably their best game, if not their second best game, if you consider Impact their You're best game. You're talking about the last event, yeah? The, the last event, last, MAO. So defensive yes. field. Defensive yes. Yes. Defensive. defensive field. Yes, defensive field. So yes. I just, I'm, and I think the question when you have a team come together like the Ironman has with a bunch of young up-and-coming guys, and Nate, I kind of want to get your take on this too, as that you were involved in this. Mm -hmm. The reason you went to Vicious is because you couldn't make that starting line, so I want to kind of pick your brain in a little bit, kind of get into your story. But, because it's an interesting story, and you're in a position I think a lot of paintball kids want to be in, but you earn the right to be in the position that you're in and the opportunity that you have on Vicious. Um, but you had to get through the whole Ironman thing and it didn't work out. So, you know, sometimes you have that opportunity and it doesn't work out the way you want to, and it's mm -hmm. tough mentally to deal with, so I kind of want to pick your brain about that. But with all those young up-and-coming guys, the big question always is, okay, obviously, you know, you, uh, Alex Goldman, um, you know, Mike Pax, I mean, you, you, know, you guys have players on that team that are vets that have been there before, but these younger guys, I'm starting to see, I keep getting, I keep seeing improvement. Brandon Cornell, mm -hmm. Daniel Labara, mm -hmm. Chris Katz already been good. He was on your team before. But, you know, he's also playing phenomenal right now. So, but the question is, is that when you get to the tournaments, like practice is great and you can stunt and practice all you want, but when you get to the tournament, who are going to be our guys that step up? See, here's the thing that I feel wins tournaments and you look at a lot of Dynasty's success last year, it's exactly how it was. Uh, and this year I see it more than we had in our team last year, 100%. I mean, uh, last year there were so many games where if our team was down, it was just kind of, hey, <laughs> curtains, you know, we're done. This year we fight back. And it's not the same person every time. And that is what makes a winning team. And that's what I was saying. Dynasty did really well last year. If it wasn't Oliver, it was Ryan. If it wasn't Ryan, it was Glenn or, it was Tyler, or Tyler or Spica. Yeah. You know? and, and that's really what makes a championship team. And I think that's something that we have a very good mix of. You know, Any one of these kids, and I think all year long have shown it, we've had... We've had games where Shane Pistana is the one who wins the point. You know, we've had games where Danny Ibarra wins a point, Brandon Cornell, Alex Goldman, or myself, or you know, like it's it's been a different person each time. Who knows who that person's gonna be? It's just like if if someone, you know, your brother is just not really, you know, doing everything that he can, you pick up his slack. You know, you put him over your shoulder and you go down and you win that point for him. And the next point, he's got your back. And like that's really how you win these tournaments. And uh, to see that in such a young team. I think says a lot because that's something that you usually get to when you know you're later on in your career and it's more of a veteran type team like Dynasty. You know they they they've been through it. They've all won together for so long. They understand that process. I think. Yeah. And so Nate, let's kind of touch with you for a little bit here. So you know you you kind of have an interesting story because you came from the Pacific Northwest. Yep. Um, you're not 17 years old. You know you've been around for a little bit. You know and. Um, so you kind of got this shot to, to get on the Ironman and move down to San Diego from where you were from and where you were kind of came up in the game of paintball. Mm -hmm. 
So let's kind of talk. Well, first, let me get this. Do you think that being in the Ironman system and having knowing all the talent they work with, who was kind of impressing you uh, when you were fighting for a spot? Uh, guys you were fighting for spots against and guys you think that could go to Chicago and actually perform? Um, you know, it's hard to say because uh, I play a different position than a lot of those guys. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, uh, as far as people that I was competing with, it was obviously Marcelo and Cece because those are the two main Dorito guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I really figured that between the three of us, we had a strong attack. You know, uh, one of us could play the one until they got tired, and the other person, another person could go in. Uh, lately, Marcelo has been more comfortable playing the two, so I was really just convinced it was going to be me and CC, whoever was hot, was playing the one, and then um, if we needed Marcelo to play the one, he would do that. So as far as uh, going into Dallas, really the competition. Uh, I thought it was just between us three is who was going to play good. Uh, I didn't picture myself not making the squad. I knew ahead of time that uh, there was a chance I wasn't going to make it because Shane told me, you know, we have to put 12 on the roster because of fantasy. So, you know, at first I was a little bitter. I was like, oh, man, you know, I don't really think this is fair. But I kind of sucked it up and said, well, you know, this is, the, this is the first test. You know, no one else on the team is getting tested. So I got excited. I started playing better at practice. And, uh, you know, in the end, things just didn't work out. How frustrating is it mentally to do the best that you can mentally and physically, but it still not work out? Uh, the most frustration I've ever dealt with in paintball, you know, because uh, I've been known to be a head case by multiple people, but uh, I, I don't really think that. I think that everyone, you know, goes through their swings of their confidence and whatnot. But uh, yeah, getting through that and just you know deciding, all right, I did everything I could. It didn't work out. You know, what is the next opportunity? Where am I gonna apply my you know talents? Because you had to, you didn't make the cut. Mm -hmm. So then the first event you actually played with Chattanooga CEP, which yep. is another Die Factory team, and they've been kind of perennially stuck in the Challengers division. Mm -hmm. And Oswaldo went down there, also coming from the Ironman, and has been helping them out, trying to help their chances to move up. And then you had to do that now, but you see yourself on one. You want to be on a big team, you know. I mean, yeah. you, you didn't come and move all the way. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Real quick, you were already looking to where else you could put your talents. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? Because that's news to me. I mean, yeah, at Dallas, I had <laughs> okay. I had a pretty right. good idea that okay. you know. If, Fair enough. If See I, how stuff goes down, Maddie. You know, you don't even hear about this stuff, and then you know, stuff comes out. Well, 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 I mean, that's, right. what, that's, what, that's why we're sitting around having this conversation. You guys should have asked. Because, huh? I'm pretty sure I paid the hundred dollars so that oh, Nate no. could get his ID so he could play with CEP that event because they weren't gonna pay for him. I was like, dude, Nate, I got your back. You're my boy. I felt bad that Nate wasn't playing because he did show up to those practices and he did play really well. Well, you've been fighting for Nate for on that team for a long time, yeah. Dude, well, since you know, he got on the team, since he got year. on the team, yeah. you know, and it's because I have a lot of faith in him. You know, as, as as much as we joke about each other, I got a lot of faith in the kid. I think mm -hmm. he could be really good, and so yeah, I've absolutely been fighting for him. And um, you know, Dallas came around and we didn't end up rostering him. I obviously felt bad. I wanted him to still get that experience. I felt like playing with CEP would. Uh, give him a great, great experience because, you know, going to that team, you probably would have been, which you were actually, you played really well for them and you were kind of their go-to a lot of points, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, I, and to be put in that position is, it helps you evolve, you know, and that's why, like, I, I try to encourage all of our teammates on the Ironman now to play in as many leagues as we can, whether it's overseas in the, in the Millennium Series or wherever it is, because more likely than not, you're going to go down there and you're going to be the best player on that team if mm -hmm. you're guessing with somebody. And so you're going to be the go-to guy, and that teaches you how to embrace that position and how to kind of 
carry a team rather than just sit back and wait for other people to do stuff. You go and try to win games yourself. So I thought it was great for him. I fronted the hundred bucks, which you still owe me, by the way. <laughs> uh, but you know, whatever, water under the bridge. Uh, you know, we, I just had to interject there <laughs> and put that little piece in. You guys get back. Well, to I, well, I kind of want to know how he even got. I mean, because didn't you kind of champion him getting on the Ironman or oh, give him his shot? Like, how did that how did that go down? Um, because it was last well, season. Yeah, it was last season. Um, but it started like even a few seasons ago. No. What do you mean no? Yeah. We've no, what? About this. Okay, let's hear what you got to say then, okay. big guy. So, <laughs> big guy. <laughs> so, I ran into Marcel in a CXBL. Oh, here we go. So, he's starting it at the CXBL, which is when I asked him to come play for the team. Why don't you, you have no idea what went on in my head before that or why Nothing. I asked you. you. You told me this prior that there was no premeditated. You just saw me walking up to you to say hi. So, maybe, you, that so was you thought, maybe that so, was him hold playing on. you. So, he thinks, he no, 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 no. Doubtful, he's misunderstanding. Maddie. So, he thinks that I just saw some random kid and was like, hey, you should come play for the Ironmen and take LJ's spot. Really? Is that what you thought? No, no. Okay, you're done. Just sit down for a second. <laughs> and, and, you, and, like, you're just completely done. Just, okay, go ahead. All right, well, hey, well, all right, all right, okay. <laughs> so, I ran into Marcelo at a Sacramento practice. You remember that? Yeah. You guys were playing Impact. Uh-huh. And uh, they were beating the crap out of Impact. To the point where the DMG is the second Impact team at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were trying to get points, and they were just getting beat up so bad. We were like, oh, man, we didn't, like, my team's like, we don't want to play at this point. So, uh, Wait, and you were on DMG at the time? Yeah, okay. I was on DMG. It was before um, Chicago or something? Yeah, before Chicago. And Marcel goes, Nate, let me see something cool. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. Okay, Marcel even knows my name. Keep in mind, this is 2013 yep. that Nate's talking about. Yep, 2013. Uh-huh. Okay. And so that was the first time I, you know, I realized that I was on your radar as a player. Okay. As a decent Which player. is how far behind he is in everything, because he'd already been on my radar for about at least a year before No, that. okay, okay. <laughs> Going back even further, the first tryout I came out for Ironman, uh, I get in the car with uh, Samira, and she goes, how long have you known Marcelo? And you go, oh, about the past year. And I said, no, no, no. We've been playing against each other in CXBL for years. And you had totally forgot. He beat the crap out of you. This is true. This is true. Yes. This is true. Okay. I didn't I didn't put the face to the, you know, the whole right, deal. Right, right. Right. But you had helped us on Fusion. You were probably calling him Schroeder back then. Too, yeah, right? I was. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Schroeder, exactly. Yeah. You know, and I didn't for know the record, Schroeder. there's no A in so, his name. There's yeah, no A in his it's name. It's Schroeder. No. So, you know, this whole time I'm thinking Schroeder okay. and, you know, that whole deal. But it wasn't even the CXBL that okay, I recognized. You're right. You're right. From, so. It was uh, Marcel helped out with Fusion. I played on Fusion. Um, yeah. And that was in 2012. Okay, so so we're dating again. So back to my side of the story because we yours was dating. completely irrelevant. Well, I think this is and funny because you guys are kind of like, yeah, like getting at each other, but I, this is he's kind of giving you a back-ended compliment, Nate. He's basically <laughs> saying like, hey, yo, dog, my job is to scout talent, and I had you on my radar. Which is before. a completely different story than so, what we've talked about. Well, so. I mean, dude, I'm never, <laughs> gonna, I'm never gonna like you know face to face give you. Actually, that's that's crap too because I give you credit all the time, but. Uh, and that is true. I didn't realize you were the kid in the CXBO, and that really just boosted even more. I was like, dude, oh my god, yeah, because th- his team. It was when I was playing with Infamous. I went up and played with, uh, oh god, I don't even. Frederick Aggression, I think, was the no, name of the team. That's your team now. No, it's not. Frederick Aggression was the team that I played with back then. A million percent. They're part of the West, because uh, up in the in the Canadian League, there's uh, three different um, divisions. You have the West, the Central, and the East, right? And the West isn't isn't a conference anymore. No. Nope. You're right. It's not a conference anymore. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Okay. So 
Um, <laughs> I can't tell when you guys are agreeing. And no, with and you're yeah. you're right. I didn't play with aggression because that was your team. I played with affliction. That's it. Affliction. affliction. Okay, so glad we squashed My that. My team was thunder. Another but, yeah. completely irrelevant thing. <laughs> your your team back then was thunder. Last year you were kind of aggression. Yes. Yes. Okay. So so I played with this team called uh, affliction. affliction, and we with played LJ. against thunder, yep. and just got completely. I mean, it's 15 balls a second up there. Two 20-minute halves. Old school uh, X-Ball. Old school X-Ball, you know, the way it should be. <laughs> but when you're going out, every single point is getting put down. It's pretty miserable, right? I remember uh, from the Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were on a good team back then, Maddie. What do you I was. I was you on remember? the <laughs> Okay, exactly. We were rebuilding. So, I was okay, in the we same spot that you were in. Okay. So anyway, I didn't notice him then, but where I really noticed him was in the NPPL because he played with uh, Vancouver Vendetta. And I didn't quite know who he was. I just saw this kid going down the Doritos all the time, super fast. And I'm like, this kid's pretty good. Like, the rest of the team, kind of subpar. They were in the pro division, would always be that team that if you draw them, you're like, okay, that's kind of a gimme game, you know. But there would always be a, an attack from someone on the team, and he was usually Nate. And uh, where he really stood out most was in 2012, because I'd already met you with Fusion. I knew who you were mm-hmm. at that point. Um, you know, I had a good relationship with the owner, Fetty, and uh, I actually played a, I think it was a WCPPL, one of them, yeah. like Hinman's leagues, with them. And uh, so that's how I gained that connection. And then at World Cup, you know, I uh, I helped out in the pits. Was it yeah, not World Cup? I didn't go M- to World Cup. Okay, you're right. Yeah. It was it was MAO. I helped out in the pits, and that was when I really got to see Nate play and see the type of player that he was, see, like, how he was in the pits, and see him as a person, right? So now he's, like, really on my radar. And uh, you're right, it was MAO because uh, – the next time I saw you play was in Vegas in mm-hmm. 2012 when I played with Dynasty. There and you was, won that one-on-one. We Yes, won a sweet one-on-one to win the tournament against Riley Sullivan. That yeah. was awesome. But uh, the only game we lost that entire event was to Vancouver Vendetta, pretty which nice. was Nate's team. And it was pretty much because of Nate going down the Doritos and just shooting all of us. Mm-hmm. right? And so that whole event, I would watch him. I literally watched. I'm like... Maybe, you know, maybe there was some part of my ego involved because I felt like he played the Doritos a lot like I do, you know, very methodical, takes the moves when he can, gets up there, gets his kills, just kind of does his thing, right? And so, like, I I really started to grow an appreciation for his style of play. And uh, then in 2013, we were, you know, we were kind of having some troubles. Uh, You know, LJ wasn't really working out with us too well. Uh, to be honest, him and I just don't really get along. You know, we never really have. We just have a different opinion on on life, on the way the game should be played, all sorts of things, right? So we were looking for somebody to replace that Dorito side player. So I go up to Canada, and I see that he's playing. Nate is playing with, uh, what was the team he played with last year? Because I don't want to get this wrong again. God forbid (laughs) I get this wrong. Aggression. You know, okay, aggression. Um, And and, uh, I remember we were about to start our game, and he walks by, and I'm like, yo, I'm like, hey, come over here real quick. And he's looking at me like a little puppy, puppy dog, you know? And I'm like, hey. I'm like, how? No, well, I came what? up to you and said hi. Hey, yeah, you say hi. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, yo, what's up? Kid? No I'm exaggeration like, oh. there for the people at home. <laughs> All right. Marcel's uh, about to tor- tell a story verbatim, so let's this, hear it. <laughs> this is absolutely verbatim. And so I'm like, I'm like, you know, uh, Nate, like, how would you like to come try out for the Ironman? My God, dude, I would, I would absolutely, I would love to, you know. I was like, where do you live right now? He's like, you know, I just moved in with my sister. She lives in Chicago, but dude, I'm willing to like drive out, whatever. I'm like, would you be willing to move to California? Literally, he like dropped to his knees, begged me, was like, I will do anything. <laughs> no, no. In all seriousness, though, he was like, yes, absolutely. Like, I will drop everything in Chicago. I will move out there. You know, we'll make it work. Like, 
I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. And then he started crying, which was kind of weird, yeah. you know? It's like right before I was about to play and he starts crying and I'm like, dude, I got some people to shoot now. But, uh, so anyway, so that's how that- He's kidding, by the way. Is, uh, <laughs> I'm not a crier. J, JK, not a crier. Mm-hmm. Only on the weekends and it happened to be a Sunday, but. Um, <laughs> so, so no, so anyway, like we got in contact. I told Mike, I had this kid to come out. He plays the Doritos. Uh, which Mike, the, coach at the time. Mike Hinman, coach at the time, yes. And Mike and, had watched uh, me in WCPL, so he... Yes, yeah, yeah, and so he was already aware of who you were. And uh, he also saw you cry, which is weird. Uh, no, I'm kidding again. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, Nate comes out to the practice, plays great. And then, you know, the Ironmen have this thing called the Mexican standoff. Oh, I didn't play great. At the practice? No. Yeah, you did. At the end, the red zone drill. Well, I mean, that was the biggest thing, first yeah. of all. Like, you stood hey, out. You definitely stood out. Be good at the end, dude. baby. Yeah. 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 No, no, you, you st- okay, maybe you didn't play great. You stood out. And that's what you need to do as a tryout is you need to stand out in a positive way. Well, let's push pause on the story. Great story, by the way. I'm highly entertained. Okay. But so for people at home listening, kids, okay. a lot of kids listen to this, they want to know how do you stand out at a tryout. Yeah. So Marcelo, and I want to get your opinion too. Nate, Marcelo, how do you stand out at a tryout? Honestly, I think uh, coaches are looking for one thing. They want to see a player that is obviously going to benefit their team. That's You break it down to the most simple form, that's what they want. They want a player that's going to benefit their team. So you need to go into a tryout with an open mind. You can't be getting pissed off when you get shot. You can't be arguing with the coach on what you should do. Um, and you need to be aggressive. You need to communicate. I think if you're constantly communicating, you stand out because your voice is being heard on the field and you're kind of putting things together and a lot of people don't communicate. So at a tryout, if you're constantly communicating and shooting your gun, People are going to be like, damn, he talks a lot, you know, and that that really helps. Being aggressive really helps. It's a plus. It's a plus, you know, yeah. it's a little plus next to your name. And also just being very coachable because uh, I think this kind of goes back to like simple psychology. If a coach, you know, everybody has an ego and a coach's ego, I think if he sees that he can inflict his own way of uh, looking at the game, looking at the game into you and make you into what he wants, yeah. he's going to... He's gonna subconsciously like you a little bit more than other people, yeah. you know. And that, I like I said, it just goes down to like you know simple simple psychology. Um, and then I, th- I think the best way is you just play better than everyone else, you know. Obviously. Well, but, yeah. I mean, that, that's the <laughs> that's an obvious. We're trying to get like the super secret kind of ask the magic wand type stuff yeah, here. Yeah, it is yeah. just go in, go in with an open mind, be open to learning and and learning the team system, which is huge because I don't think every team likes to play the same way. You know, you have to just kind of. Be able to fit in and and bring the best out in other people, and I think that really helps you get noticed. Well, Plus, Nate, so, having been through a lot of these yeah. tryouts now and doing well enough to make these big teams like Vicious and mm-hmm. Ironman, and you know, so what do you think from your perspective? Well, from that, most specifically from that Ironman tryout, uh, you know, I didn't play great, as I said, but I tried to keep like good attitude throughout the whole thing, and uh, it was actually funny. Like after I made the team, I got added to the group chat. And I had the app, so I could read through all the texts that they were saying during the tryout. And I, I, I <laughs> yeah. So, oh, damn. so I felt like I was getting really unlucky. Just like you know, I'm an attacker, so I was trying to attack. You know, picking my gun battles. You know, just going for it. And I just kept getting caught. Like, oh man, they must just think I'm horrible. Like I'm just. Blown. But you had a few moves though that were like, see, and okay, that's that's something there. I think coaches there. look for. Like, yes, he did get shot up, but he had a few moves that shows yeah. like. Yeah, and that's the what kid I was going sees for. it. Yeah. You know? That's what I was going for. So I felt like more times than not, I was just getting stuffed. Like, you know, a face full of Alex Goldman whenever he gets the chance. <laughs> but uh, pretty much, wow, that sounded really bad. But anyway, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so, baseball Alex Goldman. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's actually Shout a quote. Shout out Mouse Alex Goldman yeah. 9 Instagram. <laughs> that's actually a quote from um, Mike Hemmen. I was at his house the night before cleaning my gun. He's like, you better make sure your shit works before you catch a face full of mouse. And I was like, oh shit, all right, yeah, I better make sure this works. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I felt like I was getting really unlucky. And I was scrolling through the text and, you know, Mouse like, you know, I really like his attitude. I just felt like he was getting unlucky. And oh wow! So I mean, um, so that kind of validated your own opinion right. of yeah. your of your tryout. Yeah. So uh, the tryout was kind of struggling. I, that I wasn't really doing that well. Was kind of struggling. And then the last drill we did was called the red zone. And if you guys don't know about the red zone drill, it's yeah, some, break the red zone drill. It's down. something. It's something you guys need to set up at home. Basically, what it is, you divide your team into two teams. You're each starting on the start box, but it's one on one, and you designate a bunker on the opponent's side of the field. So we were doing like uh, a. 30 Dorito. It was like the D2. And basically what you had to do is you either shoot the guy and you touch the bunker and you get a point, or you can just, you know, touch the bunker without shooting the guy. It's kind of like hanging the flag. Yeah. So we were, we got split up. We got split up into tryouts and the team. And uh, I'm like, all right, I know I've been struggling. Was but it tryouts versus team? Yes. Okay. Tryouts Ooh, versus team. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the pressure's on. Well, before that, we'd split up. They'd split up. Uh, they had talked a little bit, and I was like, okay, you know, they're coming to a conclusion. They're gonna call it, and they come back. And so they're right. like huddling. Yeah, they're and huddling, yeah. and all the tryouts are sitting around. And you know, I could tell some of the guys were just counting themselves out because they're going, "Man, I'm just, I'm just glad I met you guys. Like, this was really fun. I learned a lot." And I'm just thinking, "Oh, don't do this right now. Like, I'm just preparing for the worst." And yeah. dude, this guy's just totally bringing me down. But uh, so yeah, they come back like, "All right, we're doing one more drill. We're doing the red zone. You guys did this yesterday. We're gonna do it again." I'm like, "Fuck yeah! All right." One more chance. Here we go. Yeah, I got my chance to shine right now. So, all these other dudes are counting themselves out, but I'm still in it. Yep, yep. So it's like, all right, who's first? Boom, I'm on the gate. I'm first. First person out. First person out. Wow. Come out and win the first one. Uh, who did you play? I don't remember who I played. What? You don't remember who you played in the first one out? I don't remember out? who I played. Because you were so uh, in the zone. That's was what it was. It didn't like, matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It's just, <laughs> it's just a guy with a gun. That's matter. all that matters. And then so it's then a good way to look at it. Somebody else goes up. I don't remember what happened, but I remember... Oh, hold on. The fact that you don't remember who you played tells me that you were not quite at the upper echelon of, of paintball skill and mindset because you need to know who you're playing uh -huh. to, to really complete it. But it tells me that you were mentally focused and ready to win that because it didn't matter who they played. You could have got Godzilla with yeah. 15 guns in front of you. Yeah. You know, like Spartacus. That'd be kind of scary. Leonidas. It didn't matter. You know, yeah. you were like, I don't care who it is. Got himself a paintball gun. I'm going to beat him. Hell yeah. And you did. Hell yeah. Nice. So we got that first one. And then um, I don't remember exactly how it broke down, but the next couple times I went, I was just taking chances. Like, put the guy in, and then boom, I'm going, diving into their D2, and I was getting points that way. So I had got three points on the board. Remember, it was a race to seven. Brandon Cornell had got the other three, and then Alex mm -hmm. Gray, who was... Which they were both trying out at the same time. We were both time. trying out. Oh, wow. And then our homie Alex Gray, who was out trying out, he got the, the seventh point. Or not the last point, but he got seven, or one of the seven points. So the tryouts beat the... The, the tryouts beat the team. Wow. And this is, we had Steven Pitts... Uh, this was a pra I wasn't practicing, which is why our team wasn't doing well. Yeah. Just for the record, no, I'm just totally kidding, <laughs> yeah. totally kidding. This was this was right before Riverside when I had broken my hand, you know, so I couldn't practice. So I'm watching on the sidelines, and to be honest, I'm rooting for the tryouts. Like I'm totally like Nate, Brandon, guys. Yeah. I want them to just smoke down the team, right? Yeah. You know? So you can just go home and talk a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you know, them, I'm like totally on their oh, side. You, you know, worn out yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm so, sitting there, I'm sitting there, like you know, calling the score out, and and yeah, sure enough, they were just they were putting it on them. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of talking smack, 
uh, fast forward, uh, we're done with practice. We're ta- we'll talk about the Mexican Mexican standoff that happened, but um, yeah, we, well, would, we would, need to because we, that is actually what really catapulted you yeah. getting into the team. Yeah, because so, yeah. I want I want it because the Mexicans, the Ironmen are uh, like legendary for these ridiculous dumb drills. Things they do when you have to, you miss a you miss a flight or you miss a practice or it's something. It's dumb as shit. Yeah, but it's so good to hear. It's, <laughs> it's so entertaining. But uh, so yeah, fast forward. Uh, we're eating at Tony Pepperoni's, Mike Hemis favorite spot, and <laughs> he's some, probably there right now. Probably with a, is. with a salad and a, and a pepperoni pizza. Oh god, <laughs> oh that place. Uh, anyway, so we're sitting around and somebody goes. Uh, yeah, how about the tryouts beating the men in the red zone? And like the one thing I said at the whole entire dinner was, yep, until next weekend, guys. And everyone just goes, oh, and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, yeah, was that funny? Or are they like, <laughs> are they mad at me for talking shit? And Mouse comes up to me afterwards and he's like, good job. Just don't be a shit talker. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Mouse already doesn't like me. Like, oh, man, I'm like, you know, it's not going well at this point. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so Mexican standoff. Story. Mexican standoff. Okay, so Mexican. Did that standoff. happen at the same practice? Yes. Or? Same practice. It was right after the red zone. You know, uh, as you guys know, it's like tradition when when someone just makes the team or is about to make the team, they have to do the Mexican standoff. And at the time, we had Mike McCormick on the team, who was the Mexican the standoff, standoff king, champ. Yeah, yeah I mean, just monster. doesn't care. Just take you know we'll, thirty five. We'll 40 explain, hits, right? explain the Mexican standoff. Okay, so the Mexican standoff is you each have a loader. Of paint, uh, that's it. You know, you can't reload or anything. You stand about eight to ten feet apart. That's a generous, no. <laughs> close generous, enough to hurt. Really close bad. enough to hurt. Okay, maybe six or seven feet. You stand pretty close, yeah. right? Uh, no, actually, a little you bit, a little apart. bit, a it's little about bit twenty further. feet. Okay, let's call it twenty. And I was gonna say because that gives you the more credit in what you did. Um, okay, so I think twenty is a little far. Let's go fifteen. So they didn't tell the me the rules. Somewhere. We're gonna meet in the middle. Fifteen <laughs> Real feet. Quick. So they didn't tell me the rules. There's rules to Mexican standoff, which I didn't know, which is you have to stand in one place, mm-hmm. and if one of you runs out of paint, then the other person has free reign. To but you don't shoot. have to stand in one place. That's not a rule. What? That is not that a rule. Okay. If well, you, if you, but the second rule is right. Apparently, if the rules you, aren't set in hey, stone. If you, they're not. At no, all. Rule, it's a free for all yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's the only rule: you have a loader. That person has a loader. You're gonna shoot each other until you're both out of until paint. Until somebody submits. Okay, so that is okay. So that is no. There's no submitting. Because, yeah, if that person well, you, runs out of paint or barrels their head down and says stop, they're the still, other, gonna yeah, get shot. They're still yeah. getting shot. So it's until they're out of paint, right? So uh, Brandon went first. Brandon went first. Uh, actually, don't remember how he did. Okay, wasn't, I'll, I'll say okay. how he did real quick. Okay. So Brandon and Mike McCormick go up first. I want to go first because I'm like, right, yeah, hell yeah, get, get this over with. Way. Like, yeah, just get it out of the way. Yeah, this is going to be awful. So Brandon uh, goes up, gets shot in the face real quick. You know, can't see anything, and then he pretty much just gives up, starts backpedaling, runs oh, in, that's right. runs into that's a right. bunker. Right. Brandon also at the time is probably what 16? 15 years old, <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe a 130 pounds soaking wet. I would have cried. Boots on, I, no, I'm not concrete crying. Sorry. underwear. Like, yeah, he's. I mean, he's exactly. not a big dude. Exactly. You know? Not a lot of padding no. in Brandon Cornell. So anyway, no excuse still. So everybody, I mean, I'll be honest. Me. I never wanted a Mexican standoff against McCormick. I'm like, there's no why, why, why. We could play one on one a million times as much as you want. Yeah. You know, well, but well, Mexican standoff is basically like you're, you're, we're t- we're we're testing how tough you are. It's, exactly, it's paintball, you, not paintball. All you do, paintball. all you do is you, you know, and I've I've that's had what, it, I've had to do my Mexican standoffs. Yeah. You know, well that's uh, what, well, back, but back them. in the day, that's what we used to call it because like back in the day before, I mean, you know, you gotta understand, like it was a little bit more rough, lawless type. The guys were older, yep. so if you were a younger guy coming up back in the day when I was coming up in the game. 
I mean, you know, you're you're a teenager playing against grown construction workers. Right. These like really right. tough right. dudes right. who don't give a shit yes. about your feelings. You're expendable. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're you're expendable. You're the child in the group, yeah, and, right. and it's their job to to try to break you constantly, mentally, or every physically. Weekend. Every single time they get a chance, yeah. they're gonna mess with you. They're gonna get in your head, and they're gonna try to make you hurt, punch you, whatever they gotta do. I mean, that was how it was. So. And, and practices, it kind of was ruled by, you know, it wasn't as like a formulaic practice like it is now. Like, hey, guys, we want to practice a team that's going to give us a good game. That reminds me of a story. It's a, remind me of this in yeah. a little bit. Okay, I, okay, I'll remind you of the story. Yeah. But, yeah, so back in the day, so what we would say is, like, when things would devolve to the point of, of, of kind of just hits didn't count, it was just getting lawless as hell, and that's where we, oh, okay, we're not playing paintball anymore, we're playing paintball. And so yeah. the Mexican standoff would just happen organically sometimes, because a dude would shoot somebody, and they'd yell at him for playing on, and the other guy would be like, no, you guys are playing on, and everyone was playing on, because there were no refs out there, you're refing yourselves, and then all of a sudden you have like dudes just opening hoppers on each other. Yeah. So that's where that evolved from. And then now it's become this like codified kind of like rite of passage yeah. for where you guys are at now. Oh, which you should not be doing at home, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't yeah. don't do this. I've seen some videos of, of you kids bad. doing this. I feel bad. Like, don't do it. Yeah, it's bad. This is bad. It Mine is still on. Like the, whoever the kid is that put up the video yeah, on you YouTube, never took it down. He won't take yeah. it down. <laughs> yeah, it's, if you know the title, you can type in the title and find it. Yeah. Why? Because so, like yours got filmed. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, oh, it got filmed. It was so oh, good. So you can find this out there. Uh -huh. can find it for oh, you right. We're gonna. We're gonna. I mean, well. Okay. I want to watch it later, yeah. um, but uh, we should probably actually tag it in this podcast description. So uh, yes. Okay. So did you, were here, you the champion? He was. Like he that. was the champion. So no, no, no. Here's the thing: is I didn't know the rules. I thought that when Mike ran out of paint, that I had won. So I'm celebrating, looking like an idiot. Hold on. Let's back up. Okay. So here's the thing. All right, we're back. Most up. people start. You know, you're like 15 feet apart. Yeah. You pick up. The goal is you. You want your first shot to hit him in the goggles. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Blind them, blind them. You and blind then them. you move to the side because they're shooting at your old spot, and you just blow them up. That's yeah. pretty much how you win, right? And if you ever in a Mexican, do not do this at home. But if you ever <laughs> get in a Mexican standoff, that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. And then you know, usually the way they go, and I've obviously seen quite a few in my day. Uh, you know, the people will just kind of stand in their position about 15 feet apart and kind of walk it's back and forth like straight. from left to yeah, right. Straight. Yeah. You know, straight, straight, right? Yeah. Well, not Nate. <laughs> this kid gets a brilliant idea. To as soon as it starts, he picks up his gun, shoots McCormick in the face, walks right up to him, shooting him the whole time. They are literally walking in circles. I wish you guys are going to have to see the video. They're circling around each other. Barrels are past each other's barrel. So the barrels are about inches away from their bodies, and they're just shooting each other. Shooting each other, shooting each other, going in circles around each other. Okay, with and McCormick? You were with McCormick. It. And Nate's just like, what's up, dude? I'm the new kid on the block, and I don't care who you are. Here it is, dude. I'm here to. I'm here because I want to play for the Ironman. What's no up? Way. Right? And so McCormick runs out of paint and kind of like puts his head down. Nate could have just kept shooting him. He didn't know the rules, you know? So he stopped shooting him. He's like, oh, I'm a winner. And everyone's like, dude, you still have paint in your hopper. What do you, you could completely put him down. But yeah, you could have submitted but him. But right then and there. And submitting Mike McCormick oh, yeah. in a Mexican standoff oh, yeah. is like oh, knocking yeah. out Chuck Liddell. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Everybody on the team was on the sidelines like, Yep, he's one of us, dude. Yeah. Like, all right, he is one of us. Oh, and I'm sitting, there, I'm sitting there. I'm Shrate sitting there. I'm sitting there. Schrader. Nate yes. Schrader. I'm, I'm sitting up there jumping up and down like, that's my boy. I brought him out. Yeah. Like, yes, he just did that. Yeah. Okay, sick. And the best part of the video, if you guys do find it, is that it's from outside the net. So as soon as it's over, it pans over to everybody on the sidelines. 
<laughs> and real quick, uh, uh, Steve Humphreys walks up, you know, <laughs> or no, Danny Park walks up to Steve Humphreys or something, one or the other, and uh-huh. you know, does uh-huh. a little quick impromptu interview with a water bottle, and it's like, oh, they did the do si blah, 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 the new kid, and I don't know, I still watch it. it was what was going it was on good. in your head? Like, Well, okay, so I'd watch Brandon, and I was like, okay, so. Well, what's going on in his head is he already cried to me in Canada, <laughs> Yeah. so he has to, like, really prove himself I was thinking, now. just don't cry. <laughs> Don't no matter cry. what happens, no matter cry. what happens, no cry. Yeah. No, so I just wanted to uh, basically like catch him off guard, and I figured you know get close as possible and just you know try to stay low and keep did moving. You, did you do the blind him first and then dip low and try to uh, come up on him? Or? Yeah, I mean Nate's not a really good shot, so the first shot missed, but he still attacked. <laughs> well, you gotta remember, Maddie, my eyes were closed the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I just like it went real quick, and as soon as I put my gun up and pulled the trigger, I heard whack whack, and it was me getting shot in the goggles, and I was just. <laughs> assuming that I hit him in the goggles, so I didn't know. So were you just blind the whole time? I was blind, and I started getting closer. So I got closer. Uh, could you see anything with the paint? Or I like, could see where he was, like, by, like, I mean... Did you tilt your head a little it's, bit? It's, hard to, to, it's yeah, hard to say. Yeah, actually I did. Yeah. Like, cause like I could, that's the way to do it. Because you know I mean? getting shot... Okay, yeah, that's right. I was. I remembered. I was like, okay, if my goggles are going to be blind, I'm going to, like, kind of get shot on the left side of the goggle, and mm. then I can turn back to the right to, like, clarify and then go back and yeah. forth. So uh, I'm seeing where he is. I'm shooting him, shooting him. I can well, see where he's methodical. Yeah, you had a lot I going on. Out. No, even before the tryout, I was thinking, like, okay, if I got to do this fucking Mexican Max- Max- <laughs> I don't want to get put down. So what am I going to do? So I'm getting closer, getting closer. And then he starts shooting me in the hand. And the hand, that's the Ooh, worst. That's that's the worst that's 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 like, that's I'll hurt. take a, a top of the dome shot from two feet over a hand shot Dude, any to, day. To this day, my Debatable. Goal, well, no, no, no. Because, yeah, I, I agree with you a little bit. But to this day, like, I used to hate because we used to start off every single practice in NorCal. And the worst ones were in the winter. So we drive all the way up to NorCal. And all those people out there are like, Maddie, you don't understand. We have to travel so far for practice. And I'm like, all right, give it to me. How, how far do you have to travel for practice? Like, we have to travel, like, four hours each way. And I'm like, Pfft. Yeah. You're a coward, all right? We had, used to have to go to NorCal, and that was eight hours one way, and we did that 25 times in one year. So, wow. you know, suck it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I have no pity for you. If you want you want to be great, then be great. Don't give me excuses. Mm-hmm. And so, but we go up there, and the very first drill we always start out was start out at, at Rich's Field was the Bloody school. Knuckles. Was, yeah, Bloody Knuckles, the school drill. And the schools were pretty, pretty close, so it was like, you know, a school's on both sides and then another one in the center. So the spools that you're shooting from are maybe 25 feet away, 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. So we'd go up in the winter. So the winter practice is the worst because we were either doing two things, beating the tar out of each other or playing Bob Long's team. And they'd have their like cheating machine gun shooting 320 feet per second, 25 balls a second back in the day. So you have to play those dudes. And it was always super cold. So you show up in the morning at eight o'clock or nine o'clock to play and it's 40, 35 degrees out. And it's, you know, so you're, your hands, you can't feel your hands anyway, and you're like, all right, this is, this is going to suck. And then you go play this pool drill, and you're just getting shot in the hand just yeah. like constantly. So I, I feel the hand shots. Like, yeah. It's like, you know, I can like still remember how painful that was. Because then you can't feel your hands until the afternoon. Yeah. At least your hands are numb, you know? Like, your hands are numb at that point. So, so, the, um, so yeah, go, going back to the mixing sound. I'm getting shot in the hands, and I'm like, oh, man, this sucks. So real quick, I pull my hand off my rag, my front rag, and I wipe it on, like, underneath my armpit on the side. And there's like no feeling. I'm like, oh, I'm good now. Just slap it back on there. Boom. Rest of the hopper. Or what I thought was the rest of the hopper. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, it was good. Congratulations. Balls. Yeah. We were stoked on that. Hey, you man. Know. You want, if anything, if you want anything out of, a, out of a one that you just picked up, it's balls. You definitely yeah. want, you want that dude to have a pair of stones. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because you need that to do that 
that <clears throat> job at this level. Well, and then he had the same amount of balls to get hit and keep running down the field the very next tournament and get us two majors in a whoa, row. Whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> <Which was, laughs> hold on, let me stop you, okay? I got, the first tournament I played, I got two penalties, all right? One was major, one was it's minor. It's like two points apart. <laughs> same game? But, okay. Same game. And, no, no, no. It was two different games. The first game was against the Russian Legion, and I caught one on top of the loader, which I didn't know Fair about. Enough. Fair, Fair enough, enough, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. And then enough. the second one, I got totally screwed. But you know, I mean, the second one. Okay, still to this day, I've seen. I don't know how screwed you got. I think you deserved it. What? I even told okay. you. I'm like, okay, you ran way too. Like there was just, it was just unnecessary. Yes, you're right. You're I could have. Okay, you're this is what hit, happened. You're running. You're shooting. Let, since I was there, let me break it down. Penalties. <laughs> <laughs> it was a three on like four or something. I shoot the back center, so it's a four on two or six. Wait, are you the three or are you the four? We're the four. Okay. Okay. Paxson's telling me, hey, the the back center doesn't know you're there. Rap. I rap. Shoot him. Okay. They're the now last, it's four on two. Now it's four on two. The last two guys are not looking my way. Boom. I'm going. You know, can't yeah. quash. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, give me my, yeah. give me my yeah. three pack, son. Just yeah. let him live. Yeah. So, Shout out yeah. Bird Digidio. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm taking off, and uh, I see Lewis in the tower, and I see his pack. I shoot him in the pack, right? But he keeps going around. So I'm like, oh shit! All right, he's gonna you know, like the ref's not gonna see this packet. He's gonna come around, shoot me, and then it's out. over. Yeah. So I decide to go past his bunker. I so you're admitting he cheated? No, no, no. He oh, oh, you're saying you me. saw his pack? I saw yeah, his shot pack. Him shot him in the pack. He does, you know, tries to go around the whole entire bunker but somebody else chopped him right before you get there. So I'm almost to their start station, and Zach Sherman's in, like, the little Dorito and whatever. Your teammate now. No, my teammate now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coincidence. So I come out. I see him. He's looking at me. No paints in the air yet. We get, like, a good three trigger pulls. There's, like, four or five balls in the air. You know, some one comes in, hits me in the leg. I look at it. Oh, I'm hit. Walk off. Next thing I know, Tony's running in. throws a major. And yeah. the consensus was... After, is that what you saw, Marcelo? It looked a little different on you the webcast. <laughs> yes, of course, because this bird's eye view is going to look a little different. But the consensus was, and I will never remember Stephen Pitt saying, yeah, you know what, Nate got a little bit screwed in that last one. And that's all yeah, I needed yeah, to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, I remember that, too. We didn't want you to come out and have a bad day the next day, so we had to pamper you up. But <laughs> no, was, I'm kidding. It, it was it was a little you know gray area kind of thing, but that also goes back to you were the new kid in the league, and it was kind of one of those things where uh, the refs, yeah, they're going to impose their will on right. you because they don't want you to think you come in and just do whatever you want. And it, and it happens. Sometimes you get unfair calls, and you just have to And I almost know, interjected earlier when you were talking about giving rec- respect to the refs because I didn't feel like I was disrespecting the refs. But, but you hadn't had a chance to show your but respect yes, at all. I was yet, new to you know? you know. And... Uh, um, yeah, and, it, and it's certain things too of like you know arguing calls. I, something I've learned, man. Do not oh going going back to your thing of how to not get penalties. Do not argue with the ref. What is the point? There is no point that call. I, I hate guarantee that. you. I do it every time, but I absolutely I hate guarantee that. you. <laughs> I do it. I, do, I hate that. I do it every time, but I hate it. I the guarantee one thing I can you. Change about myself. I guarantee you that call will not get reversed. No. We've been well, watching Campbell for how long, Maddie? Uh, Has a call ever gotten reversed? 20 years for me. No. no. So instead you say, okay, got it, cool, thank you. And then you wait until the other team does the same thing. You're like, hey, look, I just got a penalty for that same thing. Can we be fair? Then they they, they respect you for that. Yeah. Like, okay, I watch sports all the time. I watch the NBA. I watch the NFL. I even watch hockey now. I don't know why I've been watching it, but it's been pretty pretty cool. You know, like I'm yeah. down with all these all this stuff. 
refs miss stuff all the time. They have the toughest job. Like, yeah, it's, well, I, I, my one of my pet peeves is when you have like the internet trolls and they're just like, oh, well, this is ri- ridiculous. Like, I can't believe they missed that call. It's like, are you kidding me? You I don't get care. out there. I, and I don't. Do it. Well, exactly. You get out there and, and you, you know, first of all, the guy, the players, they show up. You guys play two games a day. That's it. So you play two mm-hmm. games, so that's two hours-ish that you are required to perform at your optimum level. The refs have to ref every single game mm-hmm. for three days in a row. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 10-plus hours a day. And then not only that, they have to be at their best after working that entire marathon. And, exactly. and, that, and that's the moment they need to be at their best. Exactly. So, you know, and not only that, but paintball, I, I, you know, I, umped, I umped baseball when I was a kid to make some more money. And uh, you know I played football. Like I've, I've been in sports my whole life, and so you know paintball is the hardest game to officiate. No one has the ball. Everyone has the ball. Uh, off, everyone's playing offense and defense at the same time. It's incredibly difficult to do. Hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. And and not only that. So it's like if you go out there and when I see guys screaming at the refs, and you know, okay, I've lost my temper on refs before too, and I thought I was completely screwed. But at the same time, one what. First of all, on the, especially on the pro field, if you're a pro, look, dude, those guys are going to be refing you the next tournament and the tournament after that and the tournament after that. And probably next year. And then next year, too. And yeah. so you are basically all you're going to do is give yourself a bad name. Yeah, you exactly. don't think, what do those guys do when they go back to the hotel room? Same thing you do. Tell stories. Talk about who's exactly. awesome, who's not. Exactly. And what that means is, like, they're going to sit around and be like, you know, like, and you're good to the refs, and that's one of the reasons that you will get that benefit of the doubt because you're not a douche. It goes back to that whole douche thing. It's like, look, exactly. are you a douche or are you not a douche? Exactly. So, and that's life in general. Like, you want to get the benefit of the doubt in life? Don't be a douche. Hundred percent. You know, like, and that's the thing. So it's like when you're in that situation and you're arguing with the referees, all you're doing is putting your team in a bad position. You're putting yourself in a bad position because then they're going to go back and they're going to tell these stories and they're going to be like, oh, how was your day? Oh, day was cool. So that was how cool was that one move that Oliver dove the flag and all that was tied. That game was super close. Yeah. Oh, you know who was an asshole to me today? So and so. And then and then yeah, all those exactly. refs are gonna. And then exactly. you get that asshole. And you do one little thing, and they already are in their mind. They have this predetermined, you know, judgment of you. And and that is a no, hundred percent right. I've actually ref tournaments in the recent past. I've repped a million tournaments, it, it, not a million, but I've repped a. I, I grew up refing. I don't. Did you ref? Uh, did you ref when you were young? Uh, when I was young at the local field, at Velocity Paintball, I actually refed a few, but I, I don't what? consider that refing because you never refed any tournaments. Like your team was like required to ref tournaments. No, we never played in you stuff like that. You are a yeah. lucky oh son so, of a so bit, listen, So listen, so listen, so listen. You are a pampered lucky son of a yeah, bitch. But, but listen, I'm not done, guys. All right, finish. My I have coach, a statement to make. My coach, this. Mike Hinman, mm-hmm. owned a league. He still does, WCPP. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're doing well. Doing well. And yeah, so, it's a great league. Great you know, league. when he like first started, I uh, I refed his league because I was playing his aftermath at the okay. time. And at that time, I'm a pro. I've won championships. I, I know the game very well. And still, moves would be made, and I'm, like, intently trying to do my job. I wasn't slacking off, and I'd be like, I don't know what the right call is. I don't know who shot who first. If it was, like, down the snake side, what do you mean you say what, dude? That is hard, bro. Like, (laughs) literally, there's stuff that happens sometimes, and I'm like, like, ooh, I don't actually know who shot who first. You're both out. Well, it's it's those bang-bang plays, you know? And that happens every game. Yeah, exactly. Those bang-bang plays, and that's why people play the gray area. Well, and it it, yeah, it is. You're you right. Can, yeah, you yeah. can agree. I could agree with that. I I do agree with that. You know, and and uh, sometimes that gray area just kind of turns a little too much, and they get a penalty yeah, for it. Which sometimes is fine, it but turns black. Exactly. And you're gonna get that major. Exactly. But uh, you know, refing is very tough, and it's something that I understand. And like it goes back to what I was saying: is don't argue with the refs. It's not going to change the call. Mm-hmm. You can at best say, "Hey, 
Come on. I mean, look, I, I didn't know that was there, dude. I'm sorry. Like, I wasn't trying to cheat you. Yeah. You know, just call me out next time, please. Yeah. You know, and maybe next time they'll just call you out. Who knows? Maybe they won't. You know, they have a job to do. They have a tough job to do. And so do you. Yeah. So it's like, give them the level of respect. It's a very tough job. Me refing, I realize how tough it is. Those calls, like, they're, they're not going to be made perfect all the time. You watch mm-hmm. any sports. I've, I've watched, like, last year, there was that whole fiasco with, uh, the Green Bay Packers against, was it your team, Seattle? When they got that, uh, it was in the end zone. The bad call is when they had the uh, the fill-in refs. Oh. Scab refs? I remember yeah. the replacement refs. The re- they had the replacement refs, and there was some atrocious call against Green Bay that kind of hosed them mm-hmm. and uh, made them lose the game. You know what I mean? It happens in, in these sports that are worth billions of dollars, you know? NFL is is a nine billion dollar sport. Maybe it's twelve. I forget. But either way, it's you know that if, is look, how much money they make a year. If a human is doing the job, a mistake is possible. Yes. Exactly. And you have to keep that exactly. into consideration because you know you have those people out there that expect some ridiculous level of perfection from anything, and that's just not reality. Exactly. And if you're not living in the world where you're kind of keeping in mind what's possible, what's not possible, and and tempering your anger when those situations present themselves, then you're a fool. Mm-hmm. You know, you're living in an uns- a world that does not exist. And that is, and that's, and I, you see this all the time. It's just, but that's just inexperience. That's just inexperience. Can I remind ourselves of my story? Yes. Okay. So this it goes back better. to what you were saying, Maddie, of, uh, of, you know, the older guys is trying to like toughen you up coming up, right? Oh God, so you must have mean, some good ones. Oh, like I got some good ones because I played with the Ironmen, was Mike Paxson. I mean, even Oliver Lang, he's a gritty dude, you know, like all yeah, those guys. Yeah, a lot guys. of people don't understand Pete how Hutching. gritty Oliver yeah, really is. Yeah, that dude is gritty. Yeah. You know, Pete Hutching, uh, Nico, Billy Wing, Billy Saransky, Todd Adamson, Brutal, uh, Ryan Williams. Like, Brutal. okay, these are names you guys might not even know, but these are these are Legend, veterans. Straight legends. legends. Legends, you know, they've been World champions. And these guys, Ryan Williams would have a beer before every game, and we're like, you know, I would look at it as a young kid like that's that's not right, but he would go out and just stunt, you know, and you're like, Hey, that's that's his thing and these are the type of type of guys they were, right? Well yeah, because Ryan Williams came up from the old school. It, it, the old as, school as old school exactly. as it gets, and he's this like little midget phenom exactly. beast out there and exactly. it's like well, Ryan kills people, so it's, we're gonna we're gonna let, we're gonna let, let Ryan, him do what let Ryan, Ryan does. do whatever Ryan wants to do because he's super consistent and is always out there murdering people. Exactly. So again, this is you know, I guess it's sort of off topic, but it that's Still what the, po- the it, podcast it, it, is okay. about off topic. So, Get as off topic as you want. Perfect, because it's a, you know it's a story that me and Mouse talk about to this day. It was before the Iron Man when we were playing on Aftermath. This is how the history lives, Marcel. Yeah, we have okay, to tell good. The story All right, well, we're telling it. We're yes, telling it. Tell the story. So we're in Chicago. We had just won the event. We're a Division Three team. Uh, with Aftermath, we we were unstoppable that year. You know, we won just about every single tournament except for the fourth tournament, which um, I actually didn't go to because. I ended up getting really sick, and it's kind of lame and irrelevant to the story. But anyway, we win Chicago, and afterwards we had a bunch of gangsters on our team. This older dude, Caleb, uh, Big Sean, Mike Hinman, you know, a bunch of dudes that are just like... Rough and rugged. Rough and rugged, right? And so we had been drinking. And Don't and, suffer any fools. And, no, yeah, exactly. So me and Mouse, we end up going back to our room. We're like, I'm 14 at the time. Mouse is 15. And all of a sudden, we hear knocking at the door, and we're like, don't answer it. Everyone's kind of been drinking a little bit. People are trying to get crazy now. We're like, don't answer. We go and look through the people. The adults are having fun. Sure enough, the the adults are having fun, right? All of a sudden, we hear our window opening, and we're like, we turn around. We're in like a little Motel 6 kind of place, you know? We turn around, and 
and Caleb and Big Sean are crawling through our window, and we're like, there's nothing we can do. Big Sean, he's like 280 pounds, big dude. Caleb also super swole, 200 and something pounds, you know, these two big dudes. They're in our room. We can't open the door because Hinman's out front. You know, there's nothing we could do. We're trapped. Yeah, you're trapped. So you're, they, you're, you're wearing it regardless exactly, of what you Exactly. We're wearing it. We're both just like, oh, God, what's, oh, no. what's about here, to happen, you know? Beating. So they grab both of us. They take off. They completely strip us down. We're completely naked. Oh which, gosh. you know, I'm putting this on air now, and, like, I realize how illegal that is. You know, we're 14, 15 years old. But they completely strip us down. They zip tie us to chairs, hands and feet, completely zip tie us to chairs back to back. So I'm facing one way, Mouse is facing the other way. Our chairs are zip tied together, and we're zip tied to the chairs, naked. <laughs> right? <laughs> they leave the room. This is again after we win. We're like, me and Mouse, are like, dude, we just won this. Turn. What's going on? So they leave the room. It's, it's hazy. And we're we're sitting there. It's 15, 20 minutes go by, and we're like, dude, they're not coming back. Like they are not coming to save us. No joke, man. Even, and these are like zip ties all around our wrist, everything. I'm like, what? What are we gonna do? So we get crafty as hell. We we're like, all right. We look over to the to the little table that you know every motel I now understand, has. I now understand the bond that you and Mouse have. Dude, me and Mouse, we have been through some shit. That is, yeah. you know, we were just we were just in Columbia actually when we were talking about this. Yeah. Like, you know, that I can consider my best friend this and that, but really, that's my brother. Like, he is a brother. Well, I have known Mouse. Let me. I just want to hit. I just want to hit a pause real quick on your story. I think it's it, obviously ridiculously awesome story, but <laughs> but I just I want to make a statement because it's like this is why you play paintball. It you, is. You yeah, played paintball for that because uh -huh. we live in this weak, lame-ass society where every everyone gives a participation award and all this bullshit happens and every like you're literally in a situation where you know you don't act to actually achieve anything to get your kudos and everyone wants shit that they don't deserve and it's just it it, it drives me crazy because it's like look that's not the real world the real world you need it's about results yep. what can you give me you know yep. what can you do for me. And I bring this up co constantly, but yo, if you want to read, if you want to read something to enlighten you, and you're a young guy, if you're older, you probably already know this sort of stuff. But go and just go and Google a, cra a cracked article. Strangely enough, but it's a six harsh truths that will make you a better person. And and it's like, but that's the thing is like, paintball tests you in many mentally, physically, so many different ways. You so have, many you have, ways. You have older guys that are like messing with you, and you have to still, you know, you got to deal with them. And like, and but ultimately, like. They're not trying to break you. They're trying to make you stronger. Yeah. You know? And that is so crucial. So. And then even for the older guys, you have younger guys trying to test exactly. you. Exactly. And that's great, you know, because then it, then it makes the older guys still. Yeah, exactly. It's an evolution. It's all. Life is about tests. It's about what are you willing to endure? What trials are you willing to go through to make yourself a better person? What are you, what do you want to learn? That's what life is about, you know? And it's like. And paintball, that's why it's such an amazing thing is because it literally creates those opportunities for you. So you're forced to deal with it. And that's why I, I'm all any you know any parents out there. I know this may sound a little crazy, but based on Marcella's story, but but I would I would I would literally put my like I I want my kids like and, and even if it's not painful, whether it's wrestling or football and like and I know there's some things with the head trauma and football and, and I would get why you wouldn't want your kids in that, but just put your kid in some some activity where they will be tested because even if they fail, you're gonna learn from that, and that's yep. it's actually. It's almost more about the failure than it is about the success. Because think about it. It's like, how many turns do you want? A ton, right? How many turns have you lost? A ton more. Way more. Yeah. Way more tournaments. And you had to work through injury, and that's why your story's so great, is because you've persevered through all the bullshit and your own putting hurdles in front of yourself for no reason because you didn't know any better, learning from those experiences, recovering from all those major injuries you had, and still, no matter what the old guys threw at you, no matter what the sport threw at you, no matter what you, you threw at yourself, no matter what... 
physical shit you had to put up with, you were still able to persevere. And that's why when we opened this up and you're messing with Marcel, and I was like, the legend Marcel Margot, fucking A, man. You know, you earned that shit, you know? And it's like, when you're looking at a guy like Al Oliver Lang or Alex Frazier or any of the, like, legends in our sport, and people give me shit sometimes, they're like, oh, this guy's a legend, that guy's a legend. Fuck yeah, those guys are legends. Why? They earned that title. And they earned it through perseverance, hard work, and force of will. You don't come into this planet a god, you know, and you and you and you know what? And no one ever gets to be that. You are not a god. You are a human being. But within the framework of your life, trials exist, and how you deal with those trials defines you for your entire life. And and that's why paintball is fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? It tests you all the time, Maddie. I I completely agree with that. Like paintball is probably the best thing that ever happened in my life. You know, I've I've have I have friends that obviously went through school playing football, baseball, stuff like that. And you are right. It gives people a focus, and it's something that's still good, but it's just not the same as paintball. Paintball is so raw and such an outcast kind of thing, and you do things that you would never do. Meet people you never meet. Go places you never go. I will say this. If I didn't have paintball, I I can't sit here and say, oh, I would be wasting my life away. I'm sure I would be successful in something. You know, it's just how my mind is. But my personality would not be who I am today. And and I love the person I am today. I really do. I love the stuff that I've learned, and I love – I love knowing like how much more that I'm going to learn because of this awesome sport. The fact that I get to travel around and meet people from across the world in places that, you know, I have a lot of friends that are like, oh yeah, you know, I've been, I've been to Asia or I've been over here. I've, I've, I've been to Colombia. They haven't been to Colombia. They go there and they stay in the nicest place there and they experience that kind of thing. Yeah. I've gone to these places and I experience how the locals really live and I yeah. get to actually relate to them and, yeah. and see like, understand their hardship and then at the same time see how happy they are Mm -hmm. because they have the raw necessities that they need they have their family and that's all that matters to them they're happy or that you know what it is and and then also you see you see misery you see depression you see stuff like that too and it makes you appreciate what you have that much more and that's stuff that i mean i'm sure there's other things that give the same thing to you but paintball really has done that for me it's like what did i text you for your birthday you know what I'm saying? That was an amazing text. I don't know it by heart. I yeah. got it on my phone, uh, yeah, but it was I, awesome. I can't remember what it was either, but I was sitting there at lunch, and I was just kind of pondering kind of like all these different, you know, trials and all of the life lived and all these different things, and I was just kind of thinking, I'm like, man, you know, like, Marcelo, like, how old are you? Did, how old are you? Can, it, can I read it? Because I got yeah, it. Yeah. Because this is a great one. I got this text from Maddie. I told him I was doing some birthday celebrations. My birthday's not until June 18th, okay. but we're going to be in Chicago. We always are every year, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't want to celebrate my birthday any other way than at a paintball tournament. Uh, just hoping for a win. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, you know, Maddie sent this to me and he goes, age is not years spent, but miles of suffering and success lodged with open eyes. It is not the tedium of a locked life, a quiet captivity watching calendars and marking minutes. Your real age is a sum of the moments of marvel you've been willing to uncover, and more importantly, of the adversities you dealt with to see them. Which is like, man, 100%. It's all about, it's about the journey. Absolutely. Essentially is what that says. That's it's just like an artful way of saying, yo, it's about, it's the, about journey. the journey. It's about the journey. You know, and that is 100% true. It is about the journey. It's about the struggle. It's about the perseverance. And that is what life is about. I think that's what builds your character. It's what builds you as a person. So there you are, naked. Okay. <laughs> like hog tied. Naked, naked as shit. Zip tied <laughs> to chairs. 
Locked in with, with Alex Goldman. <laughs> no one can save you. No how, one can save us. Talk about trials. How okay. did you get out of that situation? So, you know, we're going through a bunch of, like, dude, how do we get out? So we're trying to use our muscles to get out of it. Mouse is, by the way, like 4'2". At the time, <laughs> like we're like 15. He's not the big mouse he is now. Otherwise, he would just break through those things yeah. and then save me. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like we look over on the table, and there's a little pack of matches, as there are in every Motel 6. <laughs> and we're like, okay, dude, I think this is our only option. Because we're like, okay, they're going to come back. They're going to let us out. You know, They just weren't coming back. They weren't. They, you know, we're screaming, yelling for them. They weren't coming back. We figured we have to get ourselves out. So we're like, all right, dude, we got to hop over there. So we're like, you know, kind of counting, doing the one, two, three, hop, one, two, three, hop. And we hop over, we make our way over to the so table. Using teamwork. Using and teamwork. So, so this is, again, and people are like, this sounds terrible. Why is this good for you? Teamwork, <laughs> creative thinking. You're in a terrible position. You got to get out of it. You know, that's what exactly. old people are for. Old people are around to put you hey, in those positions. Hey, they hooked us up. Me and Mouse use this story to this day because some of the Ironman kids, Nate especially, would cry about crap. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, dude, Please. you don't even know, you know, because it's so much less now, you know, it is so much less now. But anyway, we, we hop over and uh, I literally like I lean up. I remember grabbing the matches off the table with my hand zip tied to the chair. You know, it's so, like we have to both kind of lean our chair back enough so I could get the angle to grab the matches, grab it. And it took like three or four or five tries because matches, obviously, I only have one hand, you know, in the, in the match thing. So... Finally, I get a match lit, burning my fingers and everything, literally burning the tips of my fingers because I've got one hand, I've got to, I've got to hold the matchbox, pull a match out, and like actually light it, right? While you're so literally, while I'm, yeah, I'm zip-tied to this just, chair, you just exactly. Have your hand to manipulate exactly. So, I mean, this takes, this is an extra like 15 minute process, a bunch of burnt fingers, you know, finally get it lit, and I'm like bending my wrist as far as I can, holding the end of the match so it can melt the, the zip tie just enough so I could break, break out, out of it, it yeah. right? I have a free hand. Bam. Okay, we're it's like good to go. like something on 24. Exactly, dude. So, so, now, so now I can just light matches freely, burn yeah. them, and, and I break us out, and we get out. And I remember we were both victorious. You know, we're just like, yes, we're out of this thing. You know, good. where's just, our clothes? What the hell's going on? <laughs> high five exactly. completely naked. Dude, you know, I mean, what would you do? Like, being naked had nothing to do at anything at that point. You we didn't were just care. Like, we didn't like, care. We, like, we, we are out. And it was such a feeling of accomplishment. Like, we got ourselves out of that. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't think we were ever going to get out. And, uh, and yeah, so, like, that was – that's a story we still tell to this day because it was hilarious, dude. We are just – strapped in zip tied down you know and we had to like go over get some matches burn myself i burnt my wrist you know burnt alex alex burnt himself as well you know mm-hmm. and we got out of it you know <laughs> that's and here a, we are that, uh, here we are i and wish i had a story like that to top it, but i got nothing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a pretty tough story to top that dude. is a really that's tough, a tough story, story. To top. that's a tough story uh, you know and it was uh well and another thing that kind of like you know, another thing, people always talk about old souls. Oh, this guy's an old soul, or this is an old this or that. It's like, well, sometimes that's bullshit. You know, it's just like, just because you're a little sensitive and you're a little bit more receptive to the world does not make you an old soul. Mm-hmm. But that being said, while we live in these little meat puppet bodies, while we walk around in this particular incarnation on this plane of reality, you get to experience certain things. How you deal with those things is really, I feel, kind of defines that kind of you know, hippie bullshit old soul thing, which I do believe in. I do believe in that because you meet people, you know, you meet a guy and you're just like, wow, you're only 23, but you seem to kind of have a little bit more of an understanding about how the world works. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do believe that there, it, you know, and I 
my spiritual beliefs are also, you know, like kind of a, unconventional, but do it kind of embedded in that is the is the the concept that you know there is a little bit more to than what we normally exist, what we normally see out there in the world. So, but it's just one of those things that it's like I just think that you know experience is the most important thing. You know, it's like all the time I meet young people and they're like, oh, go to college and this and that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, go to college for sure. Mm-hmm. Please get some experience along the way because. Yeah. If you are coddled enough to be able to get all the way through college and you never had to work a day in your life, and I'm sitting there and I'm somebody hi- and I'm hiring somebody, same thing with the paintball world. You know, it's like I kind of I want the kid who had to struggle because struggle builds that mental muscle that you need to to persevere when things get tough. Because if you get in our team, it's like you know the Ironmans deal right now. It's like you know it's gonna take a little bit of time probably. Who knows? Maybe you guys will show up in in, in Chicago, crush everybody. It's absolutely possible. But more often than not, there's a lot of, you know, it's like when I w- when we were training with Excessive, which you can see in the Heroes for a Day documentary, um, when uh, we had our, our, our trainer, Paul Mendoza, who trains MMA fighters in, in Modesto, and he's, a, he's like one of the toughest human beings I've ever met in my life. And I love Paul Mendoza, and I love Paul because Paul understands all these things that we talk about, and he understands them not at a, like, you know, he understands them now because he's an older guy on a conscious level, but he's always understood this at a subconscious level. And he always used to say to us, he's like, look, you're never going to be successful unless you're willing to put up with the three S's, suffer, sacrifice, and then you get the success. And that's just the life, dude, regardless yeah. of, and then, you know, you see all those things online where it's like, oh, you know, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln failed in his first businesses and did this and did that and failed and failed and failed and failed until he became a president and liberated the slaves. And then you have, you know, Bill Gates, his first, you know, business that he started failed and this and that you know but that's all that really is is just basically <clears throat> taking the concept of look as of perseverance and kind of putting a little bit of statistics to that concept mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and that is so true in paintball it's ridiculous i mean such yeah. a cliche saying is the first step to success is failure you know and absolutely it is like that you know the more and more you fail i think if you take it the right way and you learn the right things from it then, uh, you know, you can absolutely uh, create success out of it. I mean, Nate, you've gone through that, dude, you know, yeah. through your whole career. So have I. We've both absolutely been uh, at the bottoms of teams, you know. Like, I, I feel like I went through the same exact thing you did with the Ironman when I first got on the Ironman. Uh-huh. Um, back in 2006, I, I thought, you know, like, granted, I was a lot younger. I was, I was 16, so I had more time to... Uh, grow into your to role. grow into my role, you know. So at the time when I got on the team, I wasn't getting much playing time, and I felt like I really deserved it. Just like I know you did when you were playing for us, you know, you felt like you deserved all this playing time, which I also did as well. Um, and uh, it, it's a tough thing; it's a tough spot to be in. And for me, it was I I, I stuck with it, and I uh, I don't know. I guess I just kind of realized that this was a team I wanted to play for, and. I was going to kind of fight through it until I could get there. But that goes with the age thing, mm-hmm. you know, and with you, it was kind of the same thing, right? You you weren't getting the playing time that I personally thought you deserved. You thought yeah. you deserved as well. And I was fighting for you the whole time. And that's why when you left the team, you actually, you did it in a very good way. You know, you, yeah. you called and, uh, you know, you talked to everybody beforehand. You, you basically asked me, like, what you think you should do um, as far as, you know, how you should handle the situation. I think you made the best choice, you know. Um, I think... Uh, you handled it better than anybody else that's left our team recently, that's for sure, you know, like, you made sure to call everybody, you made sure to, you know, give everybody the heads up of, like, this is what you were thinking of doing, yeah. going to Vicious, you know, and my only objection to that was, 
you know, dude, just stick it out because yeah. um, I was in the same same position as you. You know, when I was 16, 17, I wasn't getting much playing time on the Ironman until like the middle of the 2007 season. You know, then we won. That was the year we won World Cup and stuff like that. But the first tournament we won was the LA Open in 2007. I played like three points. You well, know? And, and it's always tough as a younger guy to, to assert your position in a team that, you know, yeah. that you just got on. Exactly, or, yeah. exactly. You know, and I, I felt like I was out playing a lot of people that were playing. But I just didn't have the street cred, you mm-hmm. know, to do that. And I, I feel like the same thing happened with you. The only difference was our age. Yeah. It's happening I mean, to you at 23, 24. It was happening to me at 16, 17. So when you gave me that phone call of like, hey, here's kind of where I'm at. I was like, you know what, dude? I completely understand at this point. It's been, you know, three tournaments with us. Go get your stripes and, yeah. uh, you know, start. You're going to get more experience. You're going to get you're going to get better experience that way. And uh, hopefully you come back. You know, like honestly, that's that's my goal. I don't know what your goal is, but I would love to play with you sometime. You know, for sure. I mean, Ironman's a legendary team. It's I've always wanted to play for. Uh, I think when I first got on the team, it was like, you know, Mike Hinman's running the team, Marcelo's playing, you know, Mouse is playing on the team, Steven Pitts is playing on the team. It was kind of like my favorite team growing up was Aftermath. So it was like the reincarnation of Aftermath. So it's funny. I uh, fa- or backtrack to. Um, Last spring, I'm in. Uh, I'm working with my uh, best friend Alex Borromeo, and we're talking. We're bullshitting all day, like we usually do. Is you know, what's the what's your favorite team right now? Who would you want to play for? Would you play for anybody? And he goes Ironman. I'm like, oh shit, that's a good pick. You know, they got him in back. They got you know all these you know, great players. They just need a couple things. And uh, it turns out a couple months later, I got the opportunity. <laughs> So that it's was funny how things work. Law of attraction. Right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, but dude. What was weird to me is that, like, it never really clicked for me. I was like, oh, man, that would be a great system. I was thinking, like, you know, Dynasty. You know, Dynasty would be a great team to play for, like, you know, because they've won so much. They had this legendary run. But uh, it's funny that he mentioned Iron Man, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, that's a great pick. Like, uh, that wasn't my first pick, but it just no, ended he, up. Clearly, it just it wasn't ended up happening. Like <laughs> just ended up happening well, like well, that. Well, you know, but I'm, I'm interested to see where your head's at right now because, you know, you have a great opportunity in front of yourself right now on Vicious. Mm-hmm. Vicious is doing great this year. Vicious is, uh, I mean, they took you got they took second at the first event. Yep. And heading into the the second event, didn't do as well as they wanted to. Had to play in a relegation game. Mm-hmm. Uh, won that game to stay in the champions division. Yep. So now heading into Chicago, still though you ha- you you're a, again a fool if you don't look at Vicious and be like contender yeah because I mean you you can't just roll into like and then that that layout was an awesome layout in Dallas that's like one of the best layouts we've ever seen and that was a really good competition and also Vicious got beat up in practice leading into that event oh yeah and so the fact that they were able to get beat up in practice and and still just have that kernel of tenacity you know not not get beaten not get snuffed out you know Mm -hmm. like a like a flame that's just starting to get going, but no, it was the opposite. It was like that that flame of tenacity grew into this forest fire, and then they came out and took second, and then uh, and then you know didn't do that well in the second event. But that being said, like Vicious is still a contender. You're on that team now, yeah. and Todd really believes in you. You have a bunch of core members on that team that have really stepped up and transcended the level that they've been playing at for the past couple of years since they came into the pro division, and now they're like legit awesome players. You know, these are guys that like I, I watch, and I'm, I'm excited to watch Vicious play. Like, I want to see what you know Zach Sherman and Parker Rosenthal and 
and Reeser and like and Colby and all these guys are going to do. And now you're in a position where it's and you know I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but you know pressure is always there regardless. It's how mm-hmm. you deal with it. But that being said, you know with with Alex on the team and, and your your buddy doing Alex Borromeo, yep. he's come on the team as a rookie and done very well. Yep. And Todd's got a lot of high hopes for you. A lot of people do. Where's your head at, kind of heading into Chicago? Um, you know, I have a lot of confidence in the team. I watch them all throughout Dallas. You know, uh, so just seeing how they operate, you know, trusting in Todd's uh, play calls. I honestly think he's the best coach in the game right now. Why were you watching them all throughout Dallas? Uh, well, I got knocked out, so there was nothing really else to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. Was it As he it, what says was with developing? A joker right? smile. Uh, I'm just right. wondering what was developing around Dallas. Todd. I mean, my um, best friend was on the team, <laughs> so I was pulling for him. That's right. That's right, Alex. Um. I thought, you know, I thought I was Nate's best friend. These things come out, like I said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've Sorry. only known each other for go, a year. Go now. ahead. It is way too long. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, my thoughts going into this tournament is, you know, I know what I can do on this field particularly. It's going to be an aggressive field. So it's just going to uh, depend on opportunity, which I think I'm going to get a lot of with our roster set at eight. And also, um, you know, I think we have a great draw in the bracket. I'm sure you feel the same way. I think it, I mean, there's no easy bracket, but there is an easier bracket. And I really believe we're in it. Which is kind of weird now because they're really, I don't really feel there is an easier. I mean, yes, you could look at it and be like, okay, this bracket's slightly easier than the other yeah. one. But everyone that's in the, the Champions Division is a heavy hitter. There's now. no oh, for yeah. sure teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I'm excited. I, I actually watched your uh, breakdown with Maddie, and I think at the very end you said you're going to Chicago to do two things. One was to beat the Ironman, and the other was who cares? I have no idea what that one was, but <laughs> I definitely heard it was to win the tournament. The, I, I definitely oh win the win the tournament. Yep. Well, you're gonna have to beat the Ironman first before you could do that. And I'm neither. Honestly, one I like I, neither, <laughs> neither one. I like happen. everyone on the Ironman except for you. <laughs> <laughs> so if there was some way that just you could lose that match and everyone else win, I Maybe would be, be totally stoked? happy. All right, hold on. Wow, which let, would mean your team loses. Hey, let me paint the picture. For <laughs> I said everyone else. else what if it happens? It comes down to the semifinals. It's Ironman and Vicious semifinals. Tie game. Yep. Goes to an overtime point. Still tied after that. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the two players to come out and play one-on-one, which... To Nate all, would all, never go oh, out. Hold on. I was going to say, all respect due to you, Nate, but that's not going to happen because <laughs> it's going to be, you know, either Sherman or... Trevor Reeser. Reeser. You think they'd send Reeser? But, hey, Maddie, debatable on who goes first because there's strategy to that. There is, yeah. Like, you don't want to send your, your, your heavy hitter hey, out first. You okay. don't want to send him out last. How, how amazing would this be? I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking outside okay. the box here. Okay? Like I'm this. thinking outside the box for a second. I like this. You have a tournament, but instead of five-on-five, it's one on one, and when you go out to play, when you play, but it's so it's it's vicious versus Ironman. Uh-huh. This is how you do it though: flip coin. <clears throat> Person who wins the uh, wins the the coin toss gets either to pick the side or to pick the first guy, their first champion to send out, right? And then they send their guy out, and then once the you know, so let's say it's the Ironman, they're like, all right, we win the toss, we decide to pick the player first. It's going to be Marcelo Margot, and then you come out, you know, as the he- first hero to come out to to, to play the one on one. And if you're playing Vicious, then Vicious, now Todd, as the coach, has to decide, okay, mm-hmm. it's Marcelo. Mm-hmm. Who do I send out to play Marcelo? Do I send our, all, our one of our, because, you know, they, they still have, you know, a lot of de- depth to that roster yeah. as far as one-on-one is concerned. I mean, you know, are they going to send Alex Goldman out next? You know, who are they going to send out next? Exactly. And then it's like, okay, now he has to decide, oh, well, it's Marcelo, so i got to send out one of our heavy hitters. Who do I put? Mm. Do I put Reeser out? Do I put Sherman out? Do I, who do I put out there, you know? And... <laughs> 
So I think or it, you could say, let me forfeit this one, send out Nate. Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> and then hope to win the next two. You know, you, you, you never know. But how cool would that be of like, of like as far yeah. as story is concerned? Like you'd be hanging at the edge of your seat wondering what the hell's going to happen because there's just so much story there. That would be like a super sweet way to figure out like yeah. who's going to win that game, you know? I've thought about it. I'm not going to lie. Playing me in a one-on-one? Oh, yeah. You've thought about it. Yes. You've never once thought about playing him in a one on one. That just kind of shows where we're at. <laughs> I'm, yeah, right. You're exactly. <laughs> have you guys ever, have you guys ever shows... played? Have you ever played in one on one ever in practice before? Probably. I don't think so. Actually, yeah. I did, I shoot you way before it gets down to a one on one. You know, yeah. it's like it's like five on five in G one. Nate. See, no, actually, one of our last practices, Nate had a few really good shots on me. Usually, like the last I'll watch practice. him run and shoot. And he's like running and shooting over the net, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You know, but there's like the, girls like in the, the parking oh, lot, yeah, like, like, like the very last practice. So he put some shots on me that I was like, Dang. you weren't expecting that. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting it. You know, I got, I was like, damn, okay, Nate's Nate's shots on right now. And it's, you know what Marcel yeah. was talking about when you go and watch the Reckoning series of the Iron Men. You saw it, right? What? When I put, oh, when you shot me, I put a ball into the <laughs> bunker next to you and it hit you. You okay? Oh my god. Okay. Oh, so in the Reckoning series from Dirt, if any of you have watched it. We're at a practice. It was right before World Cup last year. We were playing against Infamous. Oh, is this when you lose it and you start yelling at him yeah. to like uh, and thank, aim or something like thank that? God. Yeah, I'm like, learn, learn how to sh- aim. Learn how to shoot my gun. He's like, he's like, he's like, I didn't shoot you. I'm like, and I saw that there was a little video camera on the side. I go, I guarantee it's on the camera. Me and Mouse actually watched it. Yep. And he watched the ball just hit me. No. And he goes, Hold oh my God, bounced. you were you were 100% right. Oh my God, Dude, it, it bounced off the bunker. Then, That's why no, he put maybe it in that maybe that was like the second deal. I don't know. What? But the second. Literally, deal there's nothing in slow-mo on that part yes there's nothing in slow-mo so i don't know what you're watching or what time you're talking about you've shot me a few times in tournaments or like at practices yeah on purpose this one (laughs) this was an accident okay (laughs) hey straight up maddie i get hit in the back of the head no it wasn't that it was 10 feet away because you're looking this way it comes off the pin oh then we're talking about something completely different because i get shot in the back of the head and i'm like ow i'm like are you kidding me and I turn around, and Nate's like running and shooting to his next bunker blindly, you know, his eyes closed, thinking it's a Mexican standoff. <laughs> Shoots me in the back of the head, and I turn around, and I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, I didn't shoot you, and I see the camera. I'm like, I guarantee it's on camera. Me and Mouse just watched this video, and, and Mouse is like, you're both oh, blind. my God, he did shoot me. It bounced off you're the You're right. Bunker. Me and Mouse are both wrong. You okay, somehow for everyone watching that have seen, yeah, because you're looking this way and the bunker's right next to you and it bounces off the bunker and hits you in the head. For everyone listening, if you purchase this <laughs> Reckoning series, you will know that I am right oh, that that so ball came off a bunker. Wrong, <laughs> wrong. I, I I can't say anything yes, else other than okay. wrong. I'm I know s- what a ball feels like when it comes off a bunker, and I know what it feels like when it's a drag. Oh team. man, please keep talking because like, you're just digging yourself a deeper I, I and deeper not, hole, dude. I am oh. not. Oh my goodness, this is. Okay. I'm so glad you're clearly, the asshole right now. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, it can't get solved like this. You know, I'm glad you're. We shot. could watch so, it. Hopefully, when you did drills with vicious this whole last weekend, you practice running and shooting. That's all I can say. But uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, yeah, all is, all is good. Man. So, so wait, good. so how, back how to the one on one. How do we solve this issue? Okay, we obviously are we're not going to watch the video right, right. now, <laughs> but because uh, we're kind of running out of time. But mm-hmm. at the same time, where can people go to find this particular uh, juncture that we're at, where it's, you think you're right and you think you're it's right? The I will reckoning. Series. I will talk to Nick Nikakuza and I will say, please edit that you know 20 second clip and put it on YouTube so everyone can see that Marcel was wrong, <laughs> that the ball came off a bunker and it was honest mistake. Here, here's the thing. Either way, I'm not wrong because either way, you shot me. You, okay. Yeah. 
So either way, you shot me. See, that's but how it always goes. That's people. all I'm saying is I can't e- win. <laughs> either way, you shot me is the whole point of it. But I don't think it came off the bunker. If it did, it was a, it was a very hard bounce. But either way, you shot me. I can't wait to see this the Ironman play vicious. This that's all I really want. This, I just really want the Ironman to play vicious so we can see this rivalry. Play I wish out it was tomorrow. Go into overtime, stalemate that, yeah. double overtime. You know that'd be that'd be great. Go down one on one. How about we just make a deal? You can play a rod and mouse first, and then me and you will go third. Is that where you think Todd would put you? You're about like third best on the team. I is mean, that what you're saying? <laughs> just to play it safe. <laughs> just to play it safe. Well, I mean, Nate just got on the team, so yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, that'd be I a good one. Honestly, one on ones are. I mean, they're tough. I feel like. Especially when you start out in a one-on-one, well, that, that it's was totally different. Well, okay, because that's what I want to ask is that you know, Marcel, you've been a lot of awesome one-on-ones before. You've won tournaments playing one-on-ones before. So that being said, do you have any one-on-one tips for everyone out there? Because you've been in the situation many times before. I mean, even I think this year you won. Didn't you win a one-on-one this year? Yeah, yeah against like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It was it was a, it was a two-on-one with Houston Heat. Um, yeah, I've been in a few one-on-ones. One-on-ones are. Like when the game breaks down and it turns into a one-on-one, I'm I'm very comfortable. I'm in my zone, and I think the biggest tip that I can give is constantly apply the pressure and be the dominator. As soon as you you start getting dominated, that's when they start making moves on you and they start making you uncomfortable, and you can kind of lose that person. You want to constantly be shooting at that person uh, and imposing yourself on them and making them uncomfortable, making them kind of out of their comfort zone to where uh, they're like they're they're reacting off of you you know you want to be that dominator that's really like the biggest thing that i could especially say on it. this field it's so easy we played one-on-ones for the first you know i don't know on this field it's mean, like our practice last weekend and it's so easy to lose people as soon as you get put in there's well there's a lot there's a lot to work with especially on this with that turned a yeah, yeah turned a and that we haven't seen that before so i think that that you know and i think that in this particular layout it's a very cha- kind of a chaotic layout in the sense that you don't really know what's going to happen off the break. The snake side's real strong. It's going to get a little crazy out there. The field could switch too. And I think we could see – I don't necessarily think we're going to see a ton of – I don't think we're going to see many games go to, to ties or to move no. into that next level. But I do think we could potentially see a lot of one-on-ones inner game, yeah. inner point. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I do agree with how we played the layout too because a lot of chaos goes down, comes down to like maybe you know two or three guys and trade out, trade out, one-on-one. Sure, I could totally see that. Um, I guess, Maddie, to answer another part of that question is fundamentals. Snap shooting is something I work on every single weekend, you know, and that's something that everybody should. And when it comes down to a one-on-one, that is that's pretty much the most important thing, you know, are your gun skills, making sure that when you come out, your ball is very accurate on that person. More so, importantly, it's a mental game. And I told you this In a before. one-on-one? Yeah. Mm. It's all mental. Uh, very debatable. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, it, it's a lot of mental because, like I said, that goes to – you know, applying the pressure, knowing when to move and stuff like that. But if you get squared up and there is nowhere to move, then it's just straight battle. It's straight technical. That's all it is. And like, sure, that you can have the mental aspect of like high, low, yeah. left, right. Is he going to come out of here, come out of there? Timing. But if your aim's off or you're sloppy coming out, you're not going to stand much of a chance in the pro division, especially in the champions division in that thing. And, and so I personally feel that, that your gun skills are extremely important. Yeah. No, it is definitely. Well, Time is drawing to a close. I thank you guys for sitting in here, and uh, it's a great, great podcast. <laughs> I love the rivalry that we got brewing here. Obviously, you know, hats off Marcelo and your career. You've had an amazing run. Um, still a lot more painful to, to come for you. 
And uh, and Nate, tons I, I wish, more. yeah, tons more. And Nate, I wish you your best on on your adventure with Omaha Vicious. You got a big opportunity there. Um, a lot of us insiders really want to see how you do over there uh, because we, you know we think you got a lot of potential and, and you got a great opportunity in that situation. Yeah. So yeah, and also remember, you know, it, the PSP Chicago is is also it, it's like we talked about at the Open, uh, second hardest event after World Cup, but it's a legendary event in and of itself. And it's know? one of the most important events to win too, because like you said, Maddie, one it's it's a legendary event. Chicago has always been kind of a staple tournament. And it's like, you know, it's the middle of the season. Teams have already settled into what kind of identity that team has. You know, you already have all that. And now, you know, you've had two tournaments under your belt. People have been traveling everywhere. It's tough to kind of go in there and, you know, give 100%. But at the same time, it's like it's the toughest event. You have to give 100%. You have to give more than 100% if you have anything left in the tank past that. So it's it's an event everybody wants to win, that and World Cup, like you said. So we're all looking forward to it. And, can't wait until Saturday afternoon. Against oh, yeah. Please yeah. tune in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Saturday afternoon? Yep. Saturday oh, afternoon. It's going last down. game of the day. Oh, and which and you know what last game of the day means. Oh, it usually means something. Yeah. Well, it, what it means is, you know, last game of the day typically decides who is going moving to be on. moving on. That's what I love about the tournament because Friday you find out, okay, who prepared the best, who looks the best, who's playing this layout the most efficient. And then Saturday, you move to Saturday, who made the audibles? Who made the decisions to try to change things up um, coming off of, of Friday's competition? And obviously, the stage then gets set. And that's what's cool about your guys' game on Saturday is that that may decide who goes on. That may decide who plays in relegation yeah. and who's going to be maybe moving into the semifinals, hopefully, for the both of you. And then Sunday, obviously, is that's the reason you play paintball. Exactly. You play paintball so you can be at the PSP on Sunday and have a chance to win a tournament like the Chicago Open. So, mm -hmm. and it's at CPX Sports, which is always a good time. So, if you're in the Chicagoland area, you got to definitely check it out. Well, guys, thanks for very much for uh, sitting in with us. I, I can't wait to see this rivalry play itself out. Yep. Hopefully, for years to come. Is and it, it's cool. You guys are buddies, and you know, as things have gone down. But that's that's paintball. You know, everyone's close. Absolutely. But that's how these things develop. You know, you get together, you spend some time on the road, and and uh, and you, you, and ultimately, just like the sport itself, you see what you're made of. So, thank you guys for tuning into the Real Deal Podcast. Again, our webcast is coming at you, paintboxes.com. Help us support the sport. We're trying to take things to another level. Again, if every single person out there can grab a friend, buy that pay-per-view, man, we are going to change the sport forever for the better. So please help us in our, our quest here and help us spread that paintball gospel. I'm Matty Marshall. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, guys. Marcelo Margot signing out. Yeah, so and also Marcelo, uh, you know, as far as like clinics or anything, just hitting you up online. Like, where can people get you? Guys, just contact me anywhere you want. You know, email marcelo at dieprecision.com. Uh, any of my Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that, dude, I'm always responsive. So please hit me up. And like Maddie said, this is this is our chance. You know, if you want paintball to grow, share it with your friends. Absolutely. Show it to everybody you can because we have a beautiful thing here. We have a beautiful sport, awesome stories around the world. Like, people are doing things that, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of kids don't get the chance to do just because of paintball. So share the story. That is the biggest thing. Share the story. Share paintball access. Nate, yep. if anyone wants you to come out to a clinic, and yeah, I mean, uh, bring Marcelo. Yes, <laughs> I don't mind doing a clinic with Marcelo. But uh, my big thing is next year I'm trying to get over to Europe. So if any European teams are listening, please contact me, on Facebook, whatever. Nate at Raza Life. If you guys need jerseys, hit me up. I'm your guy. Awesome. Hey, best of luck, boys. It's going to be a barn burner. Can't wait for the Chicago event. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.